miss your quark. Millions of colors with a VRAM chip. How about a system crash that'll make you flip? I'm a computer. Saying Windows 95 is plug and pray. If it's Fox you want, you gotta go to Mac way. Log right on. Yeah, That's Windows 95. Plug and pray. <clears throat> Our computer man is here. How's it going, Rusty? I'm not sure yet. You're not sure yet? No, I'm well, not sure yet. Oh, gosh. Later on in the show, we'll be giving away something, hopefully. Yes, we will be. Listen and win. We will be giving away things on the wheel of death. No. No, no, oh, no. Oh, that's no. right. I keep forgetting. That's that's the other show. That's the other show. Yeah, that's the other this show. This one's the wheel of prizes. The yes. The pizza bills wheel, wheel of the prizes. The pizza bills wheel of prizes. Coming up in just a few moments, but right now. But right now. We're going to talk tech. Right. On we're, tech we're, talk. We're, <laughs> 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 oh, yes. Well, uh, uh, that's almost like a nerd joke. Yeah, well, it's. Could be, kind I of guess. fits. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Rusty. What the heck what was that? What are you doing over there? Trying to... There's so there. many... I'm set. All right. You got all your buttons arranged over there now? All your sliders in, in sync and... <sighs> yes. All right. Okay. Very good. So, Rusty, we're going to talk a little bit about your favorite favorite topic. Yes. Your absolute favorite. TikTok. Oh! Oh yay! That that brings a that brings a some applause. So have you heard about this trending topic <laughs> on TikTok? <clears throat> it's actually so this trending thing. It's not like people are eating Tide Pods or anything. It's a different type of trend. Okay. Because I know that it's hard to keep up with all the trends right. on you know, TikTok. Well, you know, I'm a very trendy type. Well, of you guy. are. You've so actually I, contributed your own trends. That's right. Yes. I start. I start the trend usually. Yes, you do. Usually they involve fashion, but, um, <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, TikTok, a new trend, it actually started a long, long, long way back uh, in July, um, where they actually coined a new term. And Ooh, it started we're creating language. Right. Yes. Wow. And there are and it is, it's it's made the national news. Um, a lot of uh, from ABC to CBS to PBS, uh, NPR. I don't care anything, any acronym, any three letter acronym you can come up with. They've been reporting on it. But is it on Newsmax? That's the question. Uh, probably. Okay. As one of the new greatest evils um, <laughs> that's out there. So it actually deals with work and what people are doing. Um, it, it's kind of <laughs> work know, has to do with work in a term called and you, you're probably if you're going to if you haven't seen it already. There's a good chance that somehow at some point in time it's going to filter down to the local news newscast and they're going to mention it and you're going to be like, I don't know what it is. But it's called quiet quitting. I think Have, I saw. Did you see that on, on that. TikTok? Yes, I did. Well, that's odd because that's I where didn't, it started. I didn't see it on TikTok. I saw an article on it. Uh, I'm not sure was one of the um, 
Anyway, saw an article on it. So here's what quiet quitting is. Um, it's not really quitting. No, because you still got to eat. Right. So you have let let's you have a job. Yes. Now, a lot of people have those. Some. Some people. Yeah. And basically, the trend is, is that my work pays me from nine to five. At five o'clock, I'm done. I okay. go home. You go home, play with the kids, play with the dog. Go and lay in your hammock out in the backyard. Whatever. You know, it's your personal time. Yeah. <clears throat> but at five o'clock, you're done. You, you, I'm not working. I am not going to work. And so basically you have quietly quit for the day. Okay, I read Hence the term quiet quitting. <sighs> Following me on this so far? You got, I'm, you I'm got actually it? off in a fantasy world of quitting Wait, work did you just at 5 quit? o'clock. Did you, just, did you just quit? No, no, oh. no. Hang on, hang on. <sighs> okay, I'm back. You, you need a cup of coffee. Yeah, I do. I know I need one. I was just fantasizing about not working after 5. That, that, oh. Oh. I don't understand that's, the that's concept. Panacea. <laughs> Which is funny because I was just telling Jim that uh, I was at a customer's at, I got home at midnight, <laughs> Sunday night. Oh, you, because I saw you Sunday. So yeah. you, you were that long? Yeah. I, yeah, I was, I was. You're kidding no. me. <laughs> <laughs> I had an emergency, I had an emergency Ooh. call over in Knox and wow. off I went. Heck, I even took somebody else with me. <laughs> uh, well, at least you had some company. Yeah. Uh, well, we needed it because we had wow. we had multiple brains working on the, the problem. But okay. Um, yeah. So quiet quitting is a trend that is about you have your set hours and you work your hours as you should. You get paid for those hours that you work, and then once you're once you you hit quitting time, you quit. You're done. You're done for the day. You're I, not an, you're not answering phone calls. You're not answering emails. You're not at you know on a customer's site at midnight in a, in a foreign land like I was. <laughs> but but okay. do you understand the concept behind it? And this is because of TikTok. A technology, it, social media basically has generated this new trend. But the thing is, this has been around for a long time. They just, it's a new term, a new trending term. And using the platform and the power of TikTok, it's spreading. And people are like, hey, that's not such a bad idea. Well, why should I work past five o'clock? Without compensation, right? So this is, again, this is actually not a new concept. In many European countries, they actually have laws on the book that prevent your employer from not paying you for answering emails or phone calls or whatever it might be. Okay. So who do you think's upset about this? 
Who are the people that are upset about this? And why is it becoming um, such a big deal? Who's upset about it? Yeah, who's I'm upset about this? Say, I'm not going to say it. I, I have no idea, Bob. <laughs> All right, so I'll give my, you an example. My, my choice would be very unpopular. So what? <laughs> so there's a lot of people that, that – so you, if you read a lot of the articles and stuff that people are writing about quiet quitting right now, a lot of them are like, you, you know, this isn't – everybody's like, yeah. You know, empowering the worker out there right now. Right. They're like, we, we, this just makes sense. Why would I do stuff for my employer if I'm not being compensated for it? And even if I am being compensated for it, I still need time to go to the grocery store. Or I've got to go pick up the kids from school. Or I've got to do X, Y, Z, whatever it is. Because you should have a personal life, right? <laughs> you should, right? I mean, is that... Uh, I'm not sure I know what you're talking about, well, actually. <laughs> well, I know... It sounded funny. It's, it's funny that... So it's funny that I talk about this topic because I'm like one of the worst you people. You are absolutely. <laughs> the two of us sitting here in this room may as well be the poster child for that whole thing right let me, there. Let me ask you this. Who's usually in here at 8 o'clock on a Sunday night? There's Resty's usually in the studio. I'm pointing at you and my thumb is pointing at me. So yeah, <laughs> yes, I'm doing normally, the same thing. Yeah, Because yeah. It, it's going to be at 8 o'clock on a Sunday night. Yeah. I'm going to see, hey, Rusty, oh, how's it going? Well, hey, wait Bob. a minute. Wait a minute. I've already been over to the other place at that point. So yeah. Right. It's, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I know how it is. <laughs> so I'm like one of the worst advocates for this particular trend. But well, see, you know, but that, that's I'm here to explain it. I'm, it's kind of an American thing, though, that you you know you you go above and beyond, yes. and you do that because it's what you you're raised to be that guy, that 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 guy, you know. Right. Well, so now it has sparked a movement, in a way. I can imagine that because of TikTok, and now of course the government's going to go after TikTok because you know the, the evil, evil, evil TikTok. Yes, they are evil. Um, they're an evil time suck is what they, yeah, well, that is true. <laughs> Did you see the new video where they tell me, you know, you've been on here a little bit long. I haven't um, seen that one yet. It's a new, it's a new lady. They hired oh, somebody okay. new. okay. All right. Not the guy that says, whoa, no, not that guy on TikTok, but I haven't seen that guy. I haven't seen either one. Of you those. haven't watched enough TikTok. I, you, I try to be disciplined, Bob. That's so, part of the, part of the TikTok experience. The, one of the guys from Shark Tank. You ever seen that show? Um, I have never actually sat down and watched it, but I, I know. I have a hard time watching it because I think it's kind of, I don't know. I, I just have a hard time watching it. However, I've, I've seen a few episodes here and there, and I've seen clips and stuff like that. So I'm familiar with the faces and, and whatnot. So one of the guys on there, uh, his name's Kevin O'Leary. Uh, he They actually interviewed him about this quiet quitting thing. And he's, he basically, as the, the headline says in this one article, don't try it. Don't do it. It's a really bad idea. Quiet quitting is a bad idea? It's a bad idea. I don't think I like that guy. Uh, and here's why. I'm going to actually find this quote here real quick. Um, 
where where he said it's a sacrifice but is it worth it oh yes well who's it worth it to that's my question so you have um you've, you've heard of the bridezillas right yeah well i think there's boss zillas that are out there too and i'm thinking this guy <laughs> might be one of them of course he is where it is well you're you're doing your job but you're not doing enough for me so you're going to be looked over for promotions you're going to be looked over for the raises you're going to just be ignored you're not as valuable as an employee that uh, as the other guy who gives his free time to the company to the corporation now i've i have worked for large corporations in the past and i can say that i really don't subscribe to a certain set of ideals that you you work you're a company man and that you work for the company and that it's all about the company the company the company what you have at some point in time you have to say what what is it for, what's in it for me as yeah. an employee and that is what the people on TikTok are basically saying they're like hey why should i give up all of my family time all of my vacation time everything give up everything for the benefit of someone else is basically what quiet quitting is is bringing to the forefront you're not actually quitting your job you're doing your job hopefully getting paid for it right and then turning around and saying all right but i have limit there's limits here we're putting up a wall you know once i walk out that door i'm done for the day you yeah. don't own me yeah which which is basically what all of these young young people on uh, TikTok are, are saying. Them hoppity no. hip generation That's kids. Right. Gosh darn them. They should be doing... And if you start thinking about it, they're not wrong. No. Now... Now, remember do something. you and though. I do that? No. No. <laughs> no, but see, you know, with me, I know it's not necessarily that I am that... It's a little bit of a selfish reason for me. I have in my head how a job should be done, and if it's not, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'll do what I have. I was brought up, don't complain or point fingers at other people. If something needs to be done, just do it. Right. You know, don't don't look for somebody else or say, sure. well, it's not my job. Something needs to be done and it's not getting done, just do it. Well, I always have, uh, personally, I've subscribed to let's take care of the customer. Mm-hmm. And exactly, I, I can tell you that if I just look at here the last couple of days, yes, I work eight to five. But I can tell you that my first phone call started at six thirty this morning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to ignore that phone call. I'm, I'm going to take that call because if it somebody's calling me at six thirty in the morning, there's something there's a problem. Wrong. Yeah. So, um, you you do what you can to take care of your customers. That, that's the values that I have. Now, I completely understand this new TikTok trend. Yeah. I may not entirely subscribe to what they're saying, right? but I understand it. I just wish I could do that. 
Because well, in my mind, I can't leave something undone. I cannot. I mean, right. it, it drives me crazy to to have something not well, finished. I, perhaps we're of a of a slightly different generation. Yeah, we're probably both totally in that group right. where it's you do whatever you can yep. to get the job done. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that so long so, as you either. can do it. Although I will say that Mr. Bob over here is extremely tired. Uh, yeah, I think any of us who since work I, that way are. Since hit, uh, COVID hit me, I just, I have a hard time. Yeah. I know I know, I do. And I just haven't bounced back from that yet. Because um, I can remember many days where I'm working at least a 12-hour day. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and there's a normal. reason why I don't have a computer at home is because I would continue to work well beyond, you know, for hours after that, too. So my eight-hour day becomes a 12, 14, 16-hour yep. day, whatever it might be. Yep. I know exactly what you're saying. Totally, totally know exactly what you're saying. But I can also see what's going to happen. They're they're gonna villainize uh, the whole TikTok thing. Look what TikTok did now, and then they're they're gonna start going after TikTok, of which they already are. Now the only people who are actually complaining about this are the bosses. Really, that's surprising. Is that that's surprising? Shocking. Is that shocking? It's shocking. It's the the bosses. And uh, the CEOs and the millionaires, uh, you can't do that. Uh, no, 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 no. You can't. You can't. You can't do that. You just. You just. That's a bad idea. Don't do that. Well, really? Because <laughs> yeah. So they might actually have to hire enough people to to cover all the extra workload that you're taking on by working that extra four hours a day or whatever it might be. See, that's the thing that, you know, in, in the situations where I've been a boss or a supervisor trying to, you know, my I, I remember watching my dad do this. A good boss in my mind, does the things nobody else wants to do. And That's I watch exactly my right. I watch my dad do that all the time. He wouldn't ask people to work overtime. He wouldn't ask them to do any of that stuff. And anything that was part of the job that, you know, he didn't in the office, if there was something everybody hated to do, he did it. Because that's what he well, saw as his responsibility was not to just shove everything on somebody else's back and sit back and smoke cigars. It's called we're working as a team here, and I'm the, I'm the leader, and I will take the crappy jobs. I never, ever had anybody say, well, I never did a job or never gave someone an instruction to do a job that I hadn't already done myself or knew how to do right. it or whatever. Exactly. And occasionally I would have somebody would say, well, well, I don't want to do that. I'm like, well, if you don't do it, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it myself, and I'll probably just send you home. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you're in that kind of a situation right. though, where you, you don't really being, have a full time employee that you got to keep busy or anything like that, right? Right. So, I mean, it's like, well, you're you're gonna have to do this. Yeah. Well, I I don't. You know, there's always gonna be that one guy. Right. But I don't think that's what I don't think that's what TikTok is pointing out. I think the the trend 
And again, here's the power of social media. And of course, I hate to say this, but a lot of old guys in Washington are going to turn around and say, well, this is destroying America. This is destroying the way that we live and work in this country, blah, 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 blah. And they don't actually know anything about the technology whatsoever. And they're going to go after the technology again rather than focusing on the problems that you might be facing. It's easy. I've noticed that it's real easy for someone to blame a target that's right. You know, focus on one thing yeah. that may not actually be the problem. And that happens a lot in technology. Yeah. It happens all of the time. You are going to, it, and it doesn't matter what it is. There's going to be the parent that's going to be like, and Rusty, this isn't, this isn't something new. This is not something new. I want you to, Rusty, we're going to we're going to do a regression here with you. Okay. We're going to go we're going to take you back in time. Okay. Should I close t- my eyes? Yes. Okay. T- close All your right. eyes. All right. We're going to take you back to your childhood. Okay, thank you. Okay. Did you have a black and white television? That's kind of racist, don't you think? No, no. What? <laughs> oh, 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 television. Okay. Yes. Uh, a grayscale television? Okay, how about that? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, did. I, I right. did. I did. Okay, so we're go- we're going back to TV to the days the the early days of TV when that first came out. You remember those days? Uh, well, I'm not quite that old. Oh, okay. Well, it had been here a little bit anyhow, by the time I was born. Trust me, there's somebody listening right now. It's like, yeah, I remember when that came out. All right. Now think about your parents. Okay. You're watching the TV. And the first thing that they say, you need to get outside, go outside, go play, go do something else. That TV is ruining your life. Yep. All right. I heard that a lot. Okay. So we're going back. I don't know how many years, but if you think about it, this is, you always blame some sort of technology. Well, there's gotta be a reason that it's. Technology isn't going to fight you back, Bob. Exactly right. And it always, and let's go back even further. We're going back even further in time, Rusty. Back to your very early childhood during when they first invented newspapers. Do you remember those? He's giving me a really When they first invented them. When they first invented like newspapers. back in the what 1600s when Gutenberg <laughs> rolled the first one off, or, or what do you? In the first printing presses and stuff. Again, now it didn't have circuits and electrical gizmos and gadgets and stuff going off, but you have to understand that the printing press, newspapers and things like that, were an advanced type of technology. Yes, they were. Back in that time, back hundreds of years. And what did some people say from the very beginning? Well, first of all, they said they you, that you is should going, keep people from reading. That's right. Let's keep people from reading. Let's, we are, this is a bad idea. Yeah. So fast forward hundreds of years here. Into okay. the 21st century. All right. And we have TikTok, another platform, another new thing, and it's going to be attacked. Well, and it's of the devil. It's, it, it's always, and it's very it's easy from China. for a, a parent 
It's very easy for a government official. It's very easy with anyone who has any sort of power to say that's a bad idea because it reduces or impedes the power or influence that that power might have. Yeah. That's what it ultimately is about. The technology isn't evil. Now, it can be used for evil oh, purposes. definitely. Just like anything can. Yep. But you have to understand, you have to grasp this much larger concept that it's not the technology that's doing this. It's not, it's just a medium that people are using. Yeah. To express their ideas and stuff like that. And a lot of people find that offensive. They can find it alarming. They can find it dangerous. Anything that is new and not understood is dangerous. Anything that's new, Anything not understood. Anything that's new that you don't... Or not under yeah. the control of someone. Now suddenly it becomes... This, it's evil. This is a very... Today's show is very... We, we, we touched kind upon of some... In that gray ethical area. Yeah. It was really really out there. Well, I... I, I but that's what, it, that's what it is is essentially all about. Quiet quitting. Isn't that something? How I was able to take a TikTok trend and tie it in with Gutenberg? You know. I know. It's, a, it's definitely a, an unbelievable accomplishment, Bob. Yeah, I should have one of those late night talk shows when I'm <laughs> up in the middle of the night. Just be a... You want to give something away? We better. <laughs> okay, we we're, we're going to we're going to give something away. It's the Pizza King Wheel of Pizza. Pizza Pills. Pizza, pizza pills. What am I thinking? I don't know. It used to be Pizza King. Long okay, time so ago, I yeah. just had a I had a PTSD flashback to my when you have, we're watching black and white TV. High school days when we'd be in there getting in trouble. So, um, anyway, we're going to give some away. Let's, you got to bring my dice back. I kind of miss uh, the satanic oh, presence oh, here on my uh, stop it. on my board. Um, stop it. Actually, wow, going to take caller number two. 574-936-4096. 574-936-4096. Caller two. And Bob, what do they win if they avoid well, the dreaded zoink? Yeah, don't get the zoink, but you could win a $15 Pizza Bills gift certificate. Really? Or one of these other lovely prizes, which include a $10 Amazon gift card, a $10 McDonald's gift card, a $10 Burger King gift card, or a $10 Dairy Queen gift card. Okay. There's a lot of food on that. Phone lines are lighting up. We're looking for caller number two, five seven four nine three six four zero nine six. Well, they got to get through Jim first. Oh, that's right. That's the thing. That's what's got to happen. So Jim gives them a full blown uh, interview, gives them the rundown <laughs> on all the rules. Where do you see yourself with prizes in ten years? That's right. the first question. We do have a player, I believe. Hang on, let me do this. Uh, caller, you're on the air. Can I have your first name? I'm sorry? Sam. Sam. Okay, Sam. All right. Uh, think good thoughts. All right. Here we go. I'm going to spin the wheel. And Bob is Away spinning. she goes. And where she stops. No zoink, no zoink. Wow. 
uh, really close there. But yeah. it is a $10 Dairy Queen gift card. Ah, wonderful. Okay. Sam, you're going to be having some Dairy Queen. Okay. All right, man. Thanks for playing our game. Yeah, we'll have that ready for you for a pickup right here at the radio station. I'll leave it with Jim out front. There you go. All right, thank you. All right, man. And that is uh, Sam. That's Sam. Sam! Going to be having some Thanks for listening, Sam. Thanks, Sam. Thanks for playing our game. It's always fun. I love it when I give your stuff away. makes me happy. I know. makes me really happy to give away Kathy's probably on the other side. Darn it. Nobody got that zoink again. Yeah, she loves the zoink. (laughs) 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 They need to get a hold of you. I know you're going to be back in that nether region uh, today, but if they need to... uh, Need to get a hold of you. Who do? How do they, they get a hold of the office? Five right. seven four nine three six eight two two nine. Thank you, sir. Yep. Stay tuned. We're going to have uh, news, and we'll get to uh, what's your opinion. Sheriff Matt Hassel with us today. So stay tuned. You're listening to FM one hundred six point one and AM ten fifty WTCA Plymouth. CBS News on the Hour, presented by Liberty Mutual Insurance. I'm Deborah Rodriguez in New York. There are new developments related to the FBI's search of Donald Trump's Florida estate. Correspondent Natalie Brand begins our coverage. Attorneys for former President Trump want an independent official known as a special master appointed to review what the FBI seized at Mar-a-Lago. They're also asking a judge to block investigators from looking at the documents until one is appointed. CBS News legal contributor Jessica Levinson flags the timing of the request two weeks after the search. I suspect that this is more about responding to the criticism that the former president, while he was railing against the search at Mar-a-Lago, he hadn't filed anything in court. Two congressional Democrats, Jerry Nadler and Carolyn Maloney, are in a battle to hang on to their seats in today's primary in New York. Only one will because of redistricting. Correspondent Scott McFarlane is on Capitol Hill. They redrew the maps, then redrew the maps again, then a court weighed in and redrew the maps again. And these intra-party redistricting primaries can sometimes be the most unorthodox and most divisive. In and around Dallas... Almost a foot of rain fell in just 24 hours, more than had come down the entire summer. Alan Thompson lives in Balch Springs. I've been here 13 years, and this is by far, by far the worst that's ever flooded. At least one person was killed after her car was submerged. The storm system heads for San Antonio next, then Louisiana and Mississippi. California Governor Newsom has vetoed a bill to set up pilot injection sites to prevent drug overdoses in L.A., San Francisco, and Oakland. John Lovell with the California Narcotics Office Association supports Newsom's move. The problem is that the usage is only 5%, but that the facilities themselves have an extraordinary magnet effect. So the population of people caught in the vice of addiction goes up exponentially. The State Department's advising all Americans to leave Ukraine after the weekend car bombing that killed the daughter of a top confidant of President Putin's. Correspondent Vicki Barker's at the foreign desk. Even before this weekend's attack, which killed the daughter of a top Putin ally, U.S. intelligence was clearly concerned that Russia was about to step up its attacks. Tomorrow is Ukrainian Independence Day, and it's feared Moscow will use the occasion to hit targets with new ferocity. Russia's foreign minister has just called for no mercy 
for Daria Dugina's killer or killers. Dow futures up 42. This is CBS News. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance so you only pay for what you need. Visit LibertyMutual.com to learn more. You know, it's true. Difficult times have a way of focusing us. We have to think about what matters most when it comes to our spending, our health care. No doubt. This is why so many people are joining MediShare right now. MediShare is a trusted way to save up to 50% on your monthly health care costs. More than 400,000 people have already made the switch. It's pretty obvious why, too, especially now during this challenging season with health care costs and out-of-pocket expenses going up. MediShare can save you a lot of money. The typical family saves $500 a month. And MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry that's worked beautifully for 27 years. There are different options to choose from to fit your budget. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Maybe now is the perfect time to make the switch and start saving. Here you go. Call 866-88-BIBLE. That's 866-88-BIBLE. 866-88-BIBLE. Are you looking for a new hauler for trash removal? Call Apex Waste. Large or small, we'll take your call. When you choose Apex Waste, there's no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and no taxes. What we say is what you pay. Apex Waste is a local family-owned company that is dedicated to reliable, friendly service. Call Apex Waste at 574-896-APEX. That's 574-896-2739. Or visit us online at apexwaste.net. Marshall County Fiber is a partnership between Marshall County REMC and Rochester Telephone Company. Fiber is the fastest internet around. New technology is developed each day to digitize much of our daily routine. But over time, adding devices to your home network leads to slower connections. With Gigabyte Internet, you'll be ready for anything. Visit MarshallFiber.com to see if Marshall County Fiber is available in your neighborhood. The views, statements, and comments on the What's Your Opinion show do not necessarily represent those of the management and staff of WTCA. It's the What's Your Opinion show, our daily talk show focusing on you, the people, events, and issues of Marshall County. Now here's your hosts, Kathy Bardorf and Rusty Nixon. settled yeah you know bob bob was in my seat so it takes me a minute to get in and get settled after bob's been well, in my chair yeah. so all right well <sighs> you're there now so yeah got my sweater on it what do you run a meat locker in here or what <laughs> okay i'm sweating so i'm sorry but I, I have a sweater on and a yeah, and another jacket. I know. I, I'm <laughs> in a few minutes. I'll be leaving the room to get a towel and wipe <laughs> off. So it, it is Tuesday, August the twenty third. Uh, we are going to have a guest a little bit later on in the show. Uh, Marshall County Sheriff Matt Hassel is going to be in with us. 
Um, and I believe he is bringing um, Matt Pitney, who handles uh, the 911, the dispatching and all of that, you know, radios and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So yeah. I, I, I was looking. Um, the 911 coordinator, I, I think, might be the official title. Okay. Um, but but I, <laughs> I don't know for sure because I, I so, well I, I, I tried to look in the budget to see like because like line item things you know if uh, when the when Plymouth was working on hiring some civilian employees at the fire department right, yeah. you know even though they were going to be a firefighter first class we'll say or whatever it, it had to be it had to be labeled right so I was looking on the budget to see if there was a 911 director mm -hmm. or coordinator or something and I can't find that in the budget so I'm not sure oh, okay. exactly yeah. Yeah. what he falls under yeah. in the budget so mm -hmm. so that's where we were going okay um I do want to let folks know we we will be uh, I don't know if we'll do it later this week or if we'll start next week we'll be giving away uh uh, pay one price wristband Ooh. for the Marshall County Blueberry Festival, which Ooh. is coming up over Labor Day weekend. Um, have a few of the brochures out in the front lobby. If so, if you're so inclined, it gives you the information on uh, the details uh, of the different events going on, the entertainment. There's a map that kind of directs you in the right direction of where you're going to find things. Um, also, I promise I won't get weepy or anything in here, but in here there is actually a little uh, memorial for my brother who uh, who was really big yeah, in the uh, Marshall County Hot Air Affair, uh, ran the Hot Air Balloon Festival for many years yeah. for the Blueberry Festival. Um, I believe there is someone else that is going to take over that uh, for this year, but uh, yeah. Well. So if you want, want more information, grab one of these lovely full color slick page brochures you can stop by the radio station and get them right yep, now we've got a bunch yeah you can also stop by the blueberry office while you're buying your mega passes which are this week seventy dollars at the end of this week i believe it's the end of this week i don't have a calendar for um, the 29th 29th um, is on monday okay um, I think they uh, up until Monday, I believe they're seventy dollars, and then they go up to seventy five dollars. So, yes. Mega so there pass. you go. Yeah. Well, that's if Rusty wasn't an old guy, that's. I know. I'm the creepy old guy that hangs out at the carnival. I have, you know. No, I'm, you're the creepy old guy that would like to hang out at the I carnival. I would, but, but the, you won't I don't want to be a creepy old guy. Yeah, you don't want to be carnival. that creepy yeah, old man no, hanging out at the carnival. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I those kids are more dangerous to me than I am to them. That's the bottom line on that. I'm pretty harmless. I'm pretty harmless. So anyway, all right. No, I can't. I I I really. Sometime before I, before I'm unable to get on the rides, I feel like I ought to, you know, splurge and get myself a mega pass and just say, I don't care. I'm a kid at heart. So here we go getting on all those things and just ride for a whole week. I might even pitch a tent out there and spend Whoa. the whole weekend just riding rides. That might be fun. So we are going to have a guest, um, but we also have some news to talk about. 
So I do want one of the stories that I, I wanted to bring forward is I got information. Um, I, I had been contacted about a stabbing that happened in Plymouth on Friday. So I asked for some information and received that yesterday afternoon. Uh, the Plymouth police were dispatched to the area around Washington Discovery Academy uh, on Lake Avenue Friday night uh, about 1120. And, and the report came in as a juvenile with a knife wound to his hand. So I was told it was a stabbing. Obviously, right. somebody could have stabbed him with a knife in the hand. They didn't call it a stabbing, but... Right. You know, I mean, you, you've you had a knife wound in the past to your hand. I'm sure. Multiple Me knife too. wounds to my hand. <laughs> so, and, I, and I wasn't stabbing myself. I mean, it may have been an accidental stabbing, but... Yeah. Um. As police uh, arrived on the scene, it was reported that the juvenile suspect who was involved in this situation had left the scene prior to officers getting there. The victim was transported to the Plymouth Hospital uh, for medical treatment and then later released. And this case is still under investigation by the Plymouth Police Department. So, so it appears that there was some sort of stabbing in the hand. Incident. Okay. All right. Stabbing <laughs> okay. in the hand. Stabbing in the hand. All right. Um, speaking about stabbing and knives, I will switch over to another story, which I got a phone call Sunday morning telling me there were a whole bunch of police cars at Ready Mart. So it's like, okay. But I was like, I'm not going to run into <laughs> town and check on that because by the time I get there, they'll probably be gone. Uh, but Plymouth police were dispatched to 422 North Michigan Street, which is the Ready Mart, for a physical fight Sunday morning about 1030. Officers arrived on the scene and then they discovered that Kenneth Abram, who is 63 and lives at 6121 North Michigan Street here in Plymouth, was alleged to have pulled a knife and threatened to kill victims involved. Uh, I don't know if that was somebody outside in the parking lot or at the gas pumps or an employee or, or right. what. That part I don't know. Uh, but he was taken into custody by Officer Emanizer and transported out to the Marshall County Jail. He has been charged with intimidation with a deadly weapon and battery and is currently being held in the Marshall County Jail on a $1,500 cash bond. So, not, you know... We get the information, but we we never get the whole story. It yeah. seems like sometimes. So I don't I don't know <laughs> what that is. Backstory. Yeah, what's I think the we backstory? ought to make it up. Um, I I did seek additional information on the accident that happened on U.S. Thirty One and Eighteenth Road, um, where a a teen from Argus was killed in a collision on Saturday afternoon. And what I was looking for is there were other people involved in that accident. Right. And two helicopters landed at the scene and there was an ambulance. In total, there were five people involved in the two vehicles. And so I, I, I needed to find out about these other people. Right. And that's what I was inquiring to the Marsh County Sheriff's Department for an accident report so I could get some more information. And so I did find out that 
we had received the information on the death of Emily Carr, who was the driver of the Chrysler Seabreen, which was um, uh, on the crossroad right. there. Um, that there was a passenger in her vehicle, 14-year-old Marissa Ballinger of Argus. Um, and then there were three people in the car that was southbound that struck them. They were all from Chicago. And, but I did not know there were four people hurt, but there were five people in the accident. So I was trying to get some information on who was injured. Right. And yesterday afternoon, I, I, they sent me the names, but they didn't tell me which one. They said two people were transported by helicopter. One person was transported by ambulance. They all went to Memorial Hospital in South Bend. So that left one person not injured. And, and so I was trying, you know, to get that information. Um, and this morning, uh, they did give me that information. Uh, there was a passenger in the Edmund vehicle, so the Chicago vehicle, that was not injured uh, in that crash. Okay. But everybody else uh, and I don't know, I have not contacted at this point, I have not contacted uh, Memorial Hospital in South Bend to see if there's any condition reports sure. on the under, other individuals. But 14-year-old Marissa Ballinger is related to uh, Emily Carr, mm -hmm. uh, the, the driver of that vehicle who died in that crash. So uh, that's, I, I just felt, I felt kind of bad that here was an accident, and yes, somebody died in that accident. We got that information, but the coroner gave us that information, yeah. and we did not get the crash information from the sheriff's department until I asked for it yesterday afternoon. Okay. So, um, did get a report, and I and I, I wanted to use this because it was a it was a big bust. Um, it it actually comes from the Fulton County uh, Sheriff's Department on Saturday. Uh, Deputy Mitch Scott. Oh, that might sound like a familiar name. Yeah, Mitch Scott is a Plymouth High School graduate. Uh, Fulton County Deputy Mitch Scott did a traffic stop on US 30 near old US 31. And while uh, in contact with the driver who was listed as 46-year-old John Madden of Kentucky, uh, Dep Deputy Scott suspected that there may be some criminal activity happening going on. So he requested... Uh, a canine unit to come. And so uh, Deputy Ryan Utter with the Fulton County Sheriff's Department bought, brought their canine rapid out to the scene who did a free air sniff and indicated the presence of narcotics in the vehicle. That allowed officers then to do a search of the vehicle where they located over 45 pounds of suspected marijuana 19 grams of suspected methamphetamine, THC vape cartridges, THC honey, and a loaded handgun. And so Mr. Madden from Kentucky was arrested on preliminary charges of possession of methamphetamine as a level three felony, dealing in marijuana as a level five felony, possession of marijuana as an A misdemeanor, and possession of paraphernalia as a C misdemeanor. And he is lodged in the Marshall County, or in the Fulton County Sheriff's Department. So, you know, that's 45 pounds of marijuana. They actually sent a picture with the canine 
and the marijuana stacked up mm-hmm. on the table. Yeah. Now, I don't know. It makes you wonder, you know, was it in the trunk or was it, you know, how how was it hidden or I don't know. It just makes you, Maybe you just, a- and it just kind of goes to show you, you just never know what's going oh, on no. on US 30 and US 31. No. So obviously this guy was transporting, he's from Kentucky, so I would assume he was either transporting it from up here, down there. I don't know if he was in northbound lanes or southbound lanes. So I don't know if he was going right. home or coming to do a drop off. Um, pretty interesting, though. And, and I, I was interested because it also involves a, a Plymouth man, yeah. uh, you know, Detective Mitch, or Deputy Mitch Scott. So I thought that was a really interesting story. The other thing, Rusty, I'm not sure. Do you know anything about THC honey? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> THC, honey? <laughs> Have you ever heard of I don't think you should THC? be calling me honey. Your husband's in the next room. <laughs> I, I, I was like, ooh, THC, honey. So I'm guessing it, it's honey. We should ask Bob about THC, honey. He's the I bee man. I wonder if his bees make THC, yeah, honey. Yeah, exactly. If he does, I may become a beekeeper. That might be a, a good <laughs> job for me. Um, I have a feeling that it might be an additive to the honey after. Oh, oh, you're talking after about the Bob's bees case. make it. Yeah. yeah. Unless, unless maybe I don't know. Maybe marijuana bit. has a flowering yeah. sure. bud on it yeah. that the bee he yeah. he plants the marijuana around his around beehive his so that okay they now go out. now we need to make sure that we <laughs> we tell people we are we are. Totally riffing here. This is an improvisational humorous moment because somebody's going to say Bob puts cannabis in his bees. So it's not. Uh, oh, okay. Bob, Bob, Bob's going to refute this. I, I was wondering uh, uh, when you might call in and, and try to tell us how you how you inject cannabis into your honey, well, Bob. Well, I don't. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Uh, so it's a so. THC is it's probably an infused honey, like it's probably mixed in there with it. After However, the bees make the honey, how do the bees? After the bees make the honey. However, um, bees will actually collect nectar and stuff like that from marijuana, from cannabis, and it uh-huh. is, and it, it's a marijuana honey. Now, really? Of course, that's not. Yeah, it's not anything around here. I've never seen it, but I've seen I've seen videos of it, and the bees actually love it. So <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> but you don't have any That's marijuana a... uh, growing around no, 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 your no. beehives. No, no, nothing like that. <laughs> you scream, I scream, we all scream for THC honey. Isn't that how the little <laughs> phrase goes? No, thanks. Oh, okay. But, yeah, it, it, right. but it is possible. That, well. that is actually a thing. Interesting. Well, I guess you better be careful about the bee honey you get. That's the first time that I've, anybody's ever, when I was listening, I was like, no way, THC honey. I'm, <laughs> but, yeah, it's possible. I don't know. Do you think THC honey might help arthritis? I think THC honey would help anything. 
I I will not comment on any of that stuff. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, thanks for listening. Comes in, in a little bit, you better you better not you better not talk about. It. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Bob. Thanks for clarifying right. that your bees only put out pure honey. Right, clover from yes. clover. Clover yes. honey. All right. Yep. Thanks, Bob. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, um, also got the unemployment report for July. Uh, so, Indiana's unemployment rate in July was at 2.6, according to the Indiana Department of Workforce Development. By comparison, the national un- unemployment rate fell to 3.5 compared to 3.6 in June. So just itty bitty as it yeah. fell. Um, but, you know, they're 3.5. Indiana's at 2.6. So obviously we're doing better than the nation. Um, in addition, the Indiana's labor force uh, participation rate rose again from 63.1% in June to 63.3% in July. Um, Looking at unemployment rates here in Marshall County, um, in July, the unemployment rate was 2.9%. That ranks ranks Marshall County 69th of the 92 counties. In June, the rate was 2.6. In May, the rate was 2.1. Looking further back over the last few years, the unemployment rate has been at 3.1 in 21 it was at 6.9 in 20, which that's in the yeah, yeah, COVID era, exactly. uh, 3.4 in 2019, and 3.2 in 2018. So our unemployment rate is still unbelievably low. Yeah. Low. Um, if you look at the counties surrounding Marshall County, you'll find uh, LaPorte County is number four on the list. And we've said this over and over, but the higher you are on the list, the higher your unemployment numbers are, right. you really want to be on the bottom of the list instead right. of the top of the list. So Laporte is number four with an unemployment rate of 4.3. Stark County moved up to number seventh on the list with a rate of 4.2. St. Joe County moved up to 15th on the list with a rate of 3.9. Last month they were at 18, so they moved up several spots. Uh, Fulton County actually dropped to 41st, so they they had a better turnout. Uh, they were at 35 uh, in the list in June, and they they dropped down to 41 with an unemployment rate of 3.2. Uh, Pulaska County is 59th with a rate of 3.0, and then. Uh, wrapping up, looking around the counties uh, surrounding Marshall County, you'll find Kosciuszko County is at 68 with a rate of 2.9. And Elkhart County is at 78 with a rate of 2.7. Howard County has the highest unemployment rate right now in the state at 5.7. And Boone County has the lowest unemployment rate at 2.4. So we really, you know are not far off half a point off from the lowest rate. So they're all really close. Um, didn't used to be quite this close. I mean, when we look at, at Marshall County's rate at 2.9, oh, you've got the or the uh, list over there, the, the news story. I actually put the thing on the back of it, and um, there there could be 
multiple uh, counties all with that same unemployment rate. So I don't know exactly how they do the determination if they look at the last last month's numbers or, uh, you know, this month's numbers to find out. But, uh, you know, we may be sitting good. Let's see. Okay, Rusty just gave me the story. So it's what I'm here for. Okay, Marshall County is 69 with 2.9 percent. Other counties at 2.9. We'll start. 63 is Bartholomew. 64 is Benton County. 65 DeKalb. 66 Hancock. 67 Harrison. 68 is Kosciuszko. 69 is Marshall. 70 on the list is Spencer County. 71 is Union County. So all those counties have the same unemployment rate at 2.9. And I don't know how they determine your ranking uh, when you all have that same rate. Uh, but there's got to be some kind of yeah. numbers for that. So uh, anyway, wanted to give you the that information. And then uh, just so folks know, Ancilla College started yesterday. Um, so kids are back in school there, too. Actually, my grandson started at Lander University yesterday, too, for his first day of college away from home. I'm a little nervous. I texted him Friday night and said, hey, you know, it's your first Friday night away from home and you're at college, so please be careful and be smart. (laughs) Make good choices. Later that night. Like any grandma would do. Later that night. Grandma, I am in chair. Could you send me some money? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've gained an accent. You're so drunk, you're talking with an accent. Is that is that what you're telling me? Uh, yeah, that's a, you know, you kind of worry. <laughs> um, I did not attend the Marshall County Board of Zoning Appeals meeting, but I did watch it online. Um, and so there, in June, they actually denied a request to have a. 34-foot guide tower put up on Yule Trail in Polk Township. Um, there were several reasons. One of the reasons was that when the, if at some point the tower would fall down, that it needs to be make sure that it would not be able to fall on somebody else's property. Right. Yep. Um, and so that was one of the issues that they were, they were, they were looking at. Um, they also, you know, could this equipment... It's being constructed by a tower rental company, basically. And what now I find out what was going on is that AT&T wants to move off the current tower they're on on US-6 onto this new tower. Um, You know, somebody has gone in, you know, negotiated with them and say, hey, come to our new tower instead of that tower. We'll give you a better rate. It's a taller tower, da, 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 da. Um, They ended up denying that request in June, and at the meeting, an attorney for the tower company uh, came before, or in in August, came before them um, and asked for them to have reconsideration, that information had changed. Well, the state actually had changed some rules on the the falling tower situation um, in 2015, and the county's ordinance did not match what the state ordinance does. Right. Now, the county's ordinance can be more restrictive right. than the state, but it can't be more lax than the state. Um, and so that was one of the things. And um, apparently, rather than they could co-locate on a tower 
which they're already co-located on. So I, you know, about they want to make sure that there is no uh, undue financial burden to them. So even though this new tower, you know, they might be able to move there cheaper. Is it what is the impact, the real impact? Um, and that code had also changed. And come to find out that that is supposed to be determined, according to the lawyer, that is supposed to be determined by the plan commission uh, department prior to the meeting. So if there was a possibility that you could co-locate on a different tower instead of having another new tower put up, that's what they want you to do. Right. Well, that determination was not made by the the employees or the staff of the of the plan commission um and so their attorney said that's where it's supposed to be named not by the board it's not supposed to make that determination although the the board makes all the recommendations right. and stuff so um there was some back and forth an attorney came from the existing tower which is sbs i believe is what it is I'm trying to look. S SBA. That's where they're currently located right now at this tower on US 6. And th their attorney came and said for that tower company, said, you know, they're already on a tower. Yeah. They just want, a, and we have tried to negotiate with them to give them, if our rates are out of, out of line, we'll negotiate down. We'll give you the exact same rate they were going to give you. And we'll even build our tower taller if you need. Because the other their tower is only two hundred and ninety five feet, and the other tower is three hundred and forty five feet. So we'll build our tower taller to accommodate USO. But there's been no negotiating back and forth, and it kind of got two attorneys going back and forth at right. each other. Kind of yeah. got complicated in there. So finally, the BZA tabled any decision and said, uh, "We want our attorney who represents us, which is Derek Jones, to review this information." Right. And and talk to us about what needs to be done before we go any further. And right. so they tabled that decision. So it, it was an it was an interesting meeting. Um, I'm sure that, yeah. that piece of it. I, I that was the first portion of it. I'm working on a second story right now for um, more information there. So we'll see what goes on. Okay. All right, Rusty. Why don't we take our first break of the morning? I got food and I got fun. What All do you right. prefer? Uh, let's do food. Okay, we're going to do food first. We've got Chop House. I'm always hungry. Food is good. Burger and fries. Tuesday night. Burger night at Chop House. If always you, out at the Swan Lake Resort. You want one free? We got It's $7. You get a wonderful That's burger cheap. with cheese on it if you want. It comes with lettuce and tomato and onions. And um, then you get fries to go along with it. So you get a full, I mean, it's a full, big enough meal. That, yep. Yeah, it's going to fill you up. So. so burger and fries. And you can take a date and it's going to be cheap. It's only going to cost you $7. So Don't have to go tonight. You can go to the next 30 days. Yep. And if you want anything else from us in the last 30 days, let somebody else have a shot at having a burger. Yep. And it's caller number 5 at 574 9364096574936 caller 5 going to have a uh, have some chop house so ooh, good luck 
Surf Broadband Solutions is now Surf Internet. And now, Surf Internet is available in Plymouth. Surf's fast fiber internet is more reliable and 25 times faster than cable. Get one gig speed and a free whole home Wi-Fi router for the incredibly low price of $85 a month. No contracts and free installation at a price that's locked for life. We're expanding to more neighborhoods every day. So visit surfinternet.com to check your address. Or call 844-955-SURF for details. That's 844-955-SURF. Limited time offer. Restrictions apply. The 2022 Blueberry Festival is almost here, and carnival goers will be able to enjoy unlimited rides at the carnival with a Mega Pass. Mega Passes are $70 and only available until Thursday, August the 27th at the Marshall County Blueberry Office until 5.30. Mega Passes will be available from August 29th through 31st for $75. Don't forget to bring a picture for your Mega Pass. If you can't be at the Blueberry Festival, for the entire weekend, a one-day pay-one-price wristband will also be available Monday through Thursday from noon until 5.30, Friday from 9 to 5.30, and Saturdays from 9 to 1 for $25 in advance or $30 at the festival. The Marshall County Blueberry Festival office is located at 233 East Jefferson Street in Plymouth. The Blueberry Festival office will be closed on Friday, September the 2nd. Seven four nine three six four zero nine six, or text five seven four three zero seven six six four seven. Let's get back to what's your opinion on WTCA in Plymouth. Here's Kathy and Rusty. And Phil. No, wait a minute. Phil isn't in the studio. He's nope, he's our our, he's probably sitting in the parking lot at Chop House waiting for him to open. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna eat burger. Yeah, gonna have burger. So Phil, thanks for playing our little game, and uh, that's our winner. And stay tuned. We've got fun coming up. And I'm not just talking about uh, Sheriff Hassel over there. Either. Oh, okay. So we, we, we're actually going to give somebody a little vacation. So. Oh, okay. A yeah. mini vacation coming up on there the next you go. break. Yep. Are you saying the sheriff's not fun? No, I said he is fun. That's okay. exactly what just, I just said. Just checking. Well, I, I don't know. I said in, in addition to the fun we're about to have, we have more fun later. There, okay. See? Well, there may be some people You who... guys understood what I was saying, didn't you? Okay. I'm, I'm just... guessing that there might be some people who 
No, the sheriff. <laughs> in a different in, way in than we do. In a different do. light. <laughs> and it probably so much isn't the sheriff that's not fun, but it's probably yeah. the jail okay. that is I, not I, fun. I got that. Yes. I got that. So we do have guests in the studio with us this morning. We have Sheriff Matt Hassel, who is in. And we also have Matt Pitney, who is, handles all of the communications for the Marshall County Sheriff's Department. Good morning, guys. Thanks for coming in. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having us. So, um, Matt, uh, you are up for re-election. Yes. And um, maybe we should talk a little bit about who you are and... Yeah, I'd like to give your audience an opportunity to uh, get to know me better and yeah. some of the experiences I've had in my life. I only know that you're a Bremen guy. That's really the only <laughs> part I know about you. Oh, I do know that you, I don't know if you have a boat, but you like to be on the water because I saw some Facebook pictures of you with a boat. Absolutely so. accurate. I love my boat and my break time. For Aha, sure. <laughs> very good. Well, yes, I do live in Bremen. I have been married to my wife, Jill, for 35 years. She is the Curriculum and High Ability Director for the Bremen Public Schools. We have one son, uh, Tanner. He's a Federal Aviation Administration Certified Aircraft Mechanic for Republic Airways down in Indianapolis. Wow, okay. Um, I was born, or Jill and I are members of the First United Church of Christ there in Bremen and the Qantas Club of Bremen. My history back where I was actually born in Bremen, uh, but then uh, I was raised mainly Walker, Rusa, Elkhart, Muncie, and Indianapolis while my father uh, returned to school to become a dentist. Oh, goodness. Okay. When I was eight and lived in Indianapolis, I lost my mother to a car accident. So at that time, the family relocated back to Bremen, and that's where I've been ever since. That must have been devastating as a young child to lose your mother in a crash like that. Very difficult, and very difficult for a, a child to under, understand and mm-hmm. comprehend uh, the, the, the whole scenario and situation. Um, uh, that's why I, I'm so pleased that we have uh, Dustin's Place now here in Bremen that helps the uh, children that lose a parent. Uh, yes. Very that's... fortunate. Um, you graduated well, from Bremen High School, I assume. Yep, graduated from Bremen High School, attended Indiana State University uh, uh, in Terre Haute, uh, with, graduated with a Bachelor's of Science degree in criminal justice. You're going to kind of see a track history. I really don't know anything <laughs> else but law enforcement and I was gonna corrections. Say. I mean, you're going to see uh, an interesting, interesting track. Uh, during that time that I was at Indiana State, between my junior and senior year, I actually was allowed to do my internship with the Marshall County Sheriff's Department. Oh. And that that was under John Simons' legal name, but we all called him Jack. Okay. And uh, there he put me uh, working with patrol, working with the detectives. He had me work in the jail. He had me work on dispatch and really gave me the wide variety of what all a sheriff's department does. And I I really appreciate being able to do that because... The following year after I graduated, he hired me on as a turnkey dispatcher where I worked for two and a half years uh, with the sheriff's department as a turnkey dispatcher. Uh, I left there when I was uh, uh, appointed a probation officer by Judge Michael Cook Mm -hmm. at the time and did a short stay at probation until I was hired in 1984 
uh, by the Bremen Police Department. Um, uh, and served pretty much my whole career with the Bremen Police Department. Uh, one of the most rewarding tasks I ever had the opportunity to do in, in uh, law enforcement was uh, in 1990, I became the D.A.R.E. officer. And I loved going in there and working with the students and uh, explaining the hazards and dangers of how drugs impact people's lives. And, you know, it's we still have the problem today. Yeah, and it's, unfortunately. Yeah, it's, 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 it's sad. How, and it doesn't just ruin the person's life that's using the drugs. It ruins their families, mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Um, but and I you're still active. Uh, with DARE, too, now. Yeah, I'm still the uh, director of Project DARE of Marshall County, and uh, but I no longer t uh, instruct the DARE program. I did the instructions for 27 years, and, but now I'm a active as uh, uh, help them uh, raise funds f to continue the programs and to add new programs. I'm excited and sad at the same time. We've got two new DARE officers here in Plymouth, uh, and Mark Owen is uh, uh, going to be yes. retiring, unfortunately, <laughs> and he's a great guy. Uh, but I, I, I think that the two that they chose to get trained uh, are going to do a fantastic job. Um, in 1992, I got promoted to Sergeant Bremen, and in 93, I was elected president of the Indiana Dare Officers Association, and that, that's for the entire state and served a one-year term doing that. Um, in 1995, I was selected as Indiana DARE Officer of the Year. And again, I, I just, I really flourished in that field because I thought it was so important for our community it's, and to help our children. Um, elected to the Marshall County Council in 1995, uh, 97 promoted to lieutenant slash assistant chief for the Bremen Police Department. And then 2001, I was appointed chief of police. And 2010, I was elected president of the Marsh County Council. Uh, and I continued to serve as a, a police chief for the town of Bremen until my retirement, which was on the same day I was elected by caucus <laughs> to fill Tom Chamberlain's remaining term as sheriff. Um, and then, of course, in 2019, I took office as, after I was elected in a, in a general election. So kind of my history, I have really uh, 41 years, and that, that's, that's my life. And I love it because I've always gotten into it because I love working with people and it's it's a people person job in fact anytime i interview a new applicant first thing i tell them is do you like working with people do you like helping people because you know i know resting driving fast lights and sirens maybe even have to use a firearm yeah so those are parts of the job but 90 percent of the job is working with the people and that's i mean obviously even when you're making a rest, you're still working with people. So you have to be able to communicate um, with all kinds of people in all kinds of situations. Yes, absolutely. Um, the job, the job definitely does change. Yes. Uh, day to day, yeah. you never know what it's going to be. <laughs> so a lot of people say, "Well, you got quite a history with the law enforcement. I bet you've seen it all." And I shake my head <laughs> and said, "Nope. <laughs> Every day is a new day." <laughs> so. 
when you were in high school, I mean, it, law enforcement just was of interest to you in high school? My grandpa, who we actually lived with for a while after we moved back from uh, Indianapolis, uh, that would be my mom's uh, dad and mom that we lived with for a while, he was actually a retired postal worker and was a dispatcher for the mm. Bremen Police, Fire, EMS, and Street Department. And when he'd work the evening shifts, and I didn't, I got my homework done, whatever I needed to get done, I would go down and sit with him. So I got some exposure uh, yes. watching what he did. And then uh, my between my junior and senior year in high school, the Bremen Qantas Club sent me to the Indiana State Police Career Camp. And that, at that time, I was at the 4-H Fairgrounds in Lafayette, Indiana. And when I come home from that, I said one or two things. I'm going to be a police officer or I'm going to be a prosecuting attorney. And Ugh. no other but a prosecuting attorney. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That, that, that's, uh, I mean, it's still all obviously all in the law enforcement field, but mm -hmm. totally. I mean, you're still going after the bad guys, too, just in a different way. So <laughs> it must be something in my heart. <laughs> that, obviously, looking out for, you know, the community, making Correct. sure that the bad people are put away. And I've always said the money in this job is not what what makes you happy. It, it's the love for what you can do for other people. It's um, paying it forward. It's giving. And that's the reward. Uh, and that's probably why I enjoyed the Derek program so much, too, because the kids loved you. I mean, once they got oh, yeah. to know you, the, you're, you're, you know, because a lot of kids here, uh, maybe not so good things of what a police officer is, mm -hmm. but when you get in and you build this relationship with them and they start realizing, hey, uh, he's really a good person. He's not, you know, police officers are not, are not all bad and, and we don't need to be afraid of them. Um, we're here to we're here to help. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's one one stigma that sometimes parents kind of use sometimes is like, if you don't straighten up, I'm calling the police or I'm taking you to jail, yeah. um, those kind of things. Um, that it, They don't realize they're putting this stigma on law enforcement, but they are. Right. Um, and, you know, no matter where you are in law enforcement, you're just like everybody else. You've got kids, you go to sporting events, you, you support the community. Uh, you know, it's just that this is my day job. And yes, sometimes I have to go break up a fight or arrest somebody's daddy or something like that. Um, but they're just normal people like everybody else. Right. Yep. Just a different job and, and a different set of training. But we're, we're human beings just like everybody else. Absolutely. So as the sheriff, um, you actually have multiple... Um, I don't want to say jobs, but you were over like multiple departments um, because we don't. You, I mean, the general citizen this thinks that it is all, all together, all mm -hmm. one thing, but it it really isn't. The the jail is standalone, you know, one job or one portion of it. Correct. You know, the merit officers, those road guys that are out there, that's another piece of it. And then the inside, the, the workings of the jail, um, making sure that, you know, A gets to B and this gets transported to that and, and making sure that people are where they're supposed to be and information is being dispatched, you know, where it is. That's another piece of it. So you, you have a lot of different uh, things to control. 
Yeah. Well, what I do on a daily basis is, you know, uh, give a little background about the sheriff's department. We're the largest department that the in county government. Uh, we have 69 full-time employees. Ooh. We have 13 part-time employees, 16 reserve officers. Our budget is a seven and a half million dollar budget. Um, and you're right. There, I look at it. I literally look at our department as four different areas. You know, you got the merit law enforcement the jail, the 911 central dispatch, and our court services and security. Uh, oh, yeah. One thing people forget about, uh, the sheriff is the servant of the courts. And if somebody needs transported somewhere, if somebody needs to be removed from their uh, residence, uh, a judge gives us an order, and it's the sheriff's department that fulfills that order. If, the judge sentenced somebody to DOC, Department of Corrections. We're the ones that transport them to, the, to that facility. So in, in doing that, what I do is we call them the Super Tuesday meeting. So <laughs> okay. the director of dispatch, the chief jail officer, the captain, the lieutenant, and the first sergeant and I, we meet every Tuesday at 2. And we, that's how I hold all those different departments together. And, you know, you can't, one person can't do it all. Exactly. So you have to surround yourself by people who know what they're doing, are capable of doing it, and work closely with them to make sure they're taking care of that part of the sheriff's office. So it, it really does, it, it's, it's like a lot of other departments, you know, that there's Jason Peters mm-hmm. at the county highway. He is the main guy, but... You know, he has foremen who are out doing this. You have guys out here taking care of drainage. You guys over here, you know, cutting brush. I mean, yep. um, he's got to control all those different aspects of it. The same thing for you. So you've got to hire and have good people under you uh, to take care of that. And one of the changes I made when I became sheriff is <clears throat> I realized that uh, there was there was no uh, rank structure other than chief jailer uh, for and uh, uh, dispatch supervisor for the turnkey dispatchers, and so uh, we created a turnkey dispatch sergeant's positions. Because in the old days, even back when I worked at the sheriff's department back in the day, the uh, the patrol sergeant was in charge of the jail and the and dispatch too. Well, today that's next to impossible because there's there's so much technology in the jail and in the dispatch now that they wouldn't have the skills or the knowledge of how to do those jobs but a turnkey dispatcher does and so we promoted uh we created three sergeants positions promoted them and they kind of help us keep uh, especially the uh, dispatch supervisor and the chief jailer they keep them uh, up to date on what's going on shift by shift and that's another challenge is you know we're a 24 7 operation we don't get to go home at four o'clock at the end of the day (laughs) monday through friday so those are some of the uh, things that uh, that I uh, have uh, uh, been working on as as a sheriff. Um, I always uh, like to share that you know in 1992 I was promoted to sergeant, and I've been in a leadership role ever since. So it's been 30 years of uh, 
leadership and um, I must be doing a pretty good job at it because the Bremen Police Department or the town of Bremen reappointed me police chief for 14 years in a row. <laughs> that might That's be a good sign. <laughs> a long time. And then I, you know, and then I finished uh, Tom Chamberlain's three years and three months of his second term and uh, nobody ran against me uh, uh, in that uh, next general election. So I would say that the county uh, residents at that time were pleased with what I'm doing. And Can you talk a little bit about the, the difference maybe between uh, the chief, being the chief at Bremen or at the police department, a police department versus being a sheriff and over the whole county? Well, far more broad range of responsibilities for the sheriff. You know, as police chief, I focused on dispatch and uh, law enforcement. And the, the uh, well, we did have crossing guards for school crossing guards. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> but you, you, were, you had a more focused uh, what you were working with, whereas in the sheriff's department, it's very vast and wide. And then... Uh, re responding to calls, I, I always uh, love. The day after I was caucused in as sheriff, the first phone call I got the next morning when I was in the the chief's office was from John Sign, mm. and he congratulated me for being elected. And he said, "I'm gonna give you two pieces of advice." Yes. He says, "Keep your judges happy, and patrolling the county is not the same as patrolling the city." <laughs> so, and he's right, totally right. You know. When we get a call in the city, we're there in two minutes. You get a call in the county, it may take you um, 30 minutes to get there. And Depending on what that call is, the type of a call right. it is, and where your patrol officers are located, because I, I, we're a large county, mm -hmm. um, and, and it's your job to make sure that the whole county is covered. So I, I would assume on a, on a normal shift, that we have somewhere between three and five road officers out? That would be correct. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, it very easily, they could all be at the four corners of the county and right. have to go somewhere near Plymouth, we'll say, to get in. Uh, you know, yeah. We're not all covered with super highways to get there fast, so you're driving down county roads, which at right. times could be gravel roads or could be bumpy roads, under construction roads. You just yep. never know. So. It can take time, and everybody calls. They think it's an emergency, you know, right. that I need you right now. But in in case I, I had to call, oh, it's been months ago, uh, about a break in at a building. Uh, okay, it, it's no emergency. I mean, obviously, I I mean, we could have called and said, "Hey, can you meet me at you know in an hour and a half, or can you meet me in three hours?" You know, situation I. I it's not like I needed you right now, but I did need to have a county officer come and talk to me and look at the situation. So um, some things are emergencies and some yeah. things are not. And it just right. kind of depends on what the situation is. And I, I hear a lot of, you know, people wanting extra patrols for speeders or extra patrols for uh, no through trucks or and, you know, it's it's so hard to for them to understand that we only have three to four officers on the road at one time and we've got 900 over 900 miles of roads in this county and it's just you know we try to get people there in fact it, it's gotten to the point where 
I had uh, the, the captain who also oversees our fleet. I put a radar on my truck as when I'm oh. out and about, I'll, I'll go hit those areas because my, my guys just don't have that, t- that time uh, on a regular basis to go help take care of those situations. And I do. I go out there and I look for the trucks and I look for the speeders. <laughs> so uh, you you said you had 16 reserve officers. Mm-hmm. Um, could, would that be, do they have the powers? Would that be something that they could do? And I know what's going to come back is, well, they could do it, but it costs money to have them out on the road. No, it does. They're volunteers. So Are they really? Yes. Okay. And, um, the, they do do a lot of this for us. It's just that, remember, they have full-time jobs, too. <laughs> and so a lot of times we don't have anybody available to do that for us. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, uh, talk a little bit about our jail. And uh, we uh, uh, the no one in our jail has died from an overdose. We... We had three deaths in our jail, but none of them were a result of an overdose. Um, the mezzarines that should have been installed when the jail was built, uh, I don't know why that was left off, um, but because that's a structural to the building, that's actually a commissioner's uh, call and responsibility. So, And the buildings and ground uh, uh, employee that was overseeing that ran into a huge problem. Uh, basically, the, the only company we that he could find that would install those required the whole cell block to be empty for uh, one week. And at that time, we were at capacity, and there was no way to move the inmates. So I don't know if they plan to try to start it up now that the population's back down again. I think it's a great idea. Like I say, I worked very closely with Judy Stone on that, and... Um, uh, and I was hoping that that would be done. So for our listeners, uh, what that means is uh, our our pods are two-tiered. So there's a, a downstairs where there are cells downstairs, and then some inmates go upstairs, and there are cells upstairs. Correct. And that upstairs, there is a rail um, mm-hmm. that uh, it's it's a see-through rail. Um, it, it has like, it's like two pipes, I think, situation. Oh. Um, and obviously... Uh, you know, if you watch TV or some jail shows type situation, you know, you know, two guys up there get in a rift, or it could be two women get in a rift over there and start a little fight going on. And the next thing you know, somebody could be thrown over the rail and injured, or somebody may have a mental issue and could jump over the rail or fall over the rail and try to personally injure themselves. And so what you're talking about is, putting up something obviously it has to be see-through because you have to be able to see when we talk about cameras we do not have cameras inside each little cell Mm -hmm. it's a camera in the pod so you're looking at the doors for all the different cells they're typically open um but you have to be able to see through to the upstairs too so um a chain link fence, something that would go from basically that mezzanine up clear, probably clear to the ceiling situation right. to av- to avoid having somebody fall. Um, now, nobody has never, ever been injured under your tenure um, uh, at the jail. No, we had had one person that Did you? purposely jumped okay. off the, off the uh, second floor uh, 
because he wanted to be out of jail. I mean, we <laughs> a yeah. hospital bed would be better than jail. That's that was the the mentality of some of the people we have to deal with. I can remember uh, not too long ago, a couple of years ago, where a guy purposely slammed his finger in the cell door, and I mean, just correct ugh, massacred his finger. I actually saw the pictures of the finger. Yep. You know, on purpose hurt himself to get it out, out of, of out of there. <laughs> so. Um, that is something, and, and but as for the commissioners, yes, they, they would be the ones, but it would be the sheriff or the head jailer or somebody to bring that to them to say, hey, mm-hmm. we need to look at this. Um, it's because the, I don't think the commissioners on a normal routine come out to the jail and inspect it or anything like that. And you've had jail inspections, Correct. and it it's never been like a... Yeah, it's never a, been a an noted issue. or, or right. yeah, a default on, on the jail report or anything that we don't have that. The commissioners rely heavily on the maintenance people because they're over the the building and grounds department. And, and they keep them well posted on what's going on in the building and what are some of the... Now, I'm the one that usually has to go in and ask the council for the money. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you bring John with you yeah. <laughs> so he can explain the details of it. Correct. <laughs> but, um, and as far as that, contributing that no one has ever died from an overdose, we did have two separate overdose cases where they had the drugs in their body and we didn't catch it. And they both of them ended up in the hospital, but both of them ended up living. And that's what inspired us to pursue the body scanner. Uh, which we have now, uh, we did move that into one of the one of the cells, and we did remove two beds out of that room. But we have reinstalled those two beds in a different cell, so we didn't lose beds by the body scanner. So, um, but uh, uh, we do have that body scanner. It, <clears throat> it you to run it though you do have to be certified through the state, and. So we do, not every turnkey dispatcher is certified, but we keep enough certified that we always try to have one on every shift. <coughs> and, and so um, for somebody who's been arrested um, for not having a driver's license, something pretty minor, minimal thing, but they get arrested, they come in, um, and I don't know if we... I watch too much TV. I mean, are they strip shirts? You know, they come in, they're patted down by the officer before they're actually brought into the jail. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they're brought in to the, what's that area called? My mind is gone. What's that where they bring them in called? Um, intake. Yeah, to the, to the intake area, which they drive their patrol car into a garage. The doors are closed. Um, and then they're let out of the car at that point. Um, that's just in case somebody wants to try and flee. Well, now they're stuck in a garage. You're not really going right. to be able to get away anywhere. Yeah. Uh, but then they're they're brought into the jail. Um, at some point, then are they typically changed out of their clothes? If somebody's drunk or, or on a Friday night binge, do they change them into jail uniform or do they stay in their civilian clothes? And does everybody go through that X-ray machine or because some people leave? I, I know some occasionally have the ability to leave. Uh, we had a, a program at the neighborhood center mm-hmm. where we had uh, some girls that were going to the neighborhood center uh, to help out. And so they would leave several times a week and then come back 
would they be go through that scanner? Who goes through the scanner? Well, it um, it's kind of a judgment call of the jailer that's working the uh, booking that night. Um, but if they don't go through the scanner, then they're going to be uh, basically strip searched. Okay. Yes. I, I, you know, I just, I, I've, like I said, I watch a lot of TV shows. So <laughs> I, I wasn't sure. Um, and so certification, is that a complicated process to get that? It's kind of expensive. Um, okay. When you, you have to pretty much hire a firm to come in and do the training with your people. And it's, I think it's every two years they have to go through it. Um, so it's uh, same thing an x-ray technician has to have. In the, uh, for a doctor's hospital. office or yeah. hospital. It's the same thing. Yeah. All right. Um, so that that talks a little bit about that. I know there had been some discussion uh, with your opponent that uh, when where that was located mm-hmm. um, in the intake area uh, had had used one of the cell blocks that were available, and so did it take away bed space. So you just moved those beds into a different cell area. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very good. Okay, what else? Well, uh, probably one of my biggest headaches as being <laughs> sheriff. You know what I'm going to talk about next, don't you? <laughs> Money? Oh, well, that, Employees? Manpower yeah, right now yeah. is another big headache. Um, I, I, there are many, I guess. You, you yes. Put, yeah. But uh, the, the one that was so frustrating for me was the overcrowding. You know, oh, yes. I, I didn't anticipate that. I didn't, I didn't think that could ever happen, you know. I, I come in to fill out uh, Tom's remaining term, and we've got a population average of 126. we got 233 beds. Oh, we're fine there. We're never going to have to worry about that. Well, Matt, never say never. <laughs> so, well, and actually, when the jail was built they, 15 years ago, they built it with the ability to add on. So, I mean, there ha- you know, I mean, they this time we were actually thinking to the future. Right, and not only... Did they think that they actually had uh, the specs, the designs, a plan, for and not it. just one adding one pod, but adding two pods? Wow! So the, the there was forethought there, and that that was a good plan. Um, but as we saw the numbers start to rise, uh, 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 we started uh, uh, Judy and Kevin and I. Judy's uh, council president, and Kevin sure. is commissioner president. We started meeting two years before we actually hit maximum capacity because we saw this train this problem coming and as it kept getting worse one of the things we did talk about is do we need to start looking at an addition to the jail and uh, before long it, it turned out to be monthly meetings with all three judges the prosecutor community corrections probation uh, uh, county attorney we met once and I wish we would have had open meetings, and and the commissioner president was there and the council president was there, and I wish people, like we had an open meeting, people could see what we were doing because right there were all kinds of ideas pushed out on that table uh, to uh, address this problem. And um, my first action with this meeting was to meet with the Elkhart County Sheriff and to convince his commissioners to do an intra. <laughs> local uh, government agreement to house our inmates there and of course you know you have to pay for the medical but uh, you, and you also have to pay them uh, per day per inmate but that's the that was the first action I, I started to do and today uh, 
we have a similar agreement with both Elkhart County and Fulton County. So we're we're prepared uh, if we have to go into that situation again. Is that uh, reciprocal too, Matt? So that if Fulton County would get full, that we would take their inmates too? No, I think it's just one way right okay. now. Uh, but we would probably do that without uh, hesitation for them get an agreement filled out real quick and what it would cost them and everything. And now you do occasionally, um, because I, I'll see it on the bookings. I'm fortunate I get the bookings report every morning, so Correct. I see it. And sometimes it'll list on there, hold for another county. Correct. Um, so, I mean, there are instances even now where we hold for other counties. Usually what that means is some officer here in Marshall County picked that person up on a warrant for that other county. And then we take them to our jail, and we notify that other county. And then usually within a day or two, that other county will come pick them up. Now, sometimes it can be that there is a situation, and, and they don't want that person to be in that jail. Um, if Maybe Correct. like if there's a, I, I don't know, I, you know, I don't want to go into gangs, because <laughs> it, it doesn't, I, it, there for a while, I mean, it was kind of like we, worried about that here in this area right now it doesn't seem like that's an issue but i think in other some other locations in the state even there are gang issues and then they they, they make gangs in jails too yep. so it it would be you they may feel that that inmate um is not safe being in that jail i mean yeah they could maybe throw them into um a single cell by themselves and keep them locked up all day you know that kind of situation but they they can also work with an, another local community and say hey can you guys hold this guy you know while this is going on or whatever that's part of the reason of that 80 percent rule uh, i'm not sure if you're familiar with that or whatnot but whenever you fit, your jail capacity reaches 80 percent the uh, uh, state uh, jail inspectors want you to start putting together a plan to either add on or ship some inmates out to some other county or something like that because you need that extra space so you can keep the, uh, those inmates away from each other that need to be uh, stay away. But there are on occasions where we have and other uh, counties have held uh, inmates because it wasn't safe for them to be at that other jail. And, and so that 80% thing uh, can have an impact here. Um, mm -hmm. If you have uh, some situation and um, maybe you ha arrested three or four guys that were all doing these break-ins together or whatever, you don't want to put them all in the same pod. You want to divide them up so that they can't work on getting their stories all together before they go to court. So you you, you want to divide them up. So, Correct. Um, that's that's why this 80 percent so it gives you some flexibility to move people around and sometimes there's just personality issues right that that person is not going to get along with that other strong-willed person in that pod so we got to put them in another pod yeah that is uh exactly why that 80 percent rule is there and and we do we, we uh we rate our inmates as they as they come in and we know enough about them that we make sure we put them in one of the blocks that they're have the least potential for for a problem um but i'm really proud of, of uh, I, I guess what people don't understand what all came out of the the 
uh, it was totally a countywide effort to deal with the uh, overcrowding. Yeah. And, um, we, uh, and we some did of the, multiple things yeah, we, to uh, fix it. We, uh, the council was gracious enough to give us an additional deputy prosecutor. Uh, the courts pursued a fourth court, and we got that. Um, we increased the number of participants in the community corrections program, uh, implemented trial rule 26, and reduced the standard bond schedules, along with actually uh, putting together the architecture to add on to the jail. Uh, and that was done with a vote by the commissioners to do that. Remember, the buildings belong to the commissioners, and they voted that let's move forward and get uh, get the uh, plans put together so if we are going to build we're going to we'll, we'll know what we're going to build <clears throat> we uh, uh eventually the the we got a handle on the population and and uh you know i when we when we said yes we probably need to start the process of adding on i knew it wasn't going to be a popular decision but sometimes it, it, you're in a position you've got to that's what you got to do you got to go with what's right so um so for our listeners maybe if you can kind of explain a little bit about the the trial rule number 26 um gives gives some people excuse me you okay mm-hmm. <laughs> okay uh, give some people uh, the opportunity maybe to i almost say get out of jail free correct not that they're not going to be prosecuted mm-hmm. but that they're not going to pay a bond they wouldn't have to bond and they're all well researched by probation and uh, uh, community corrections to make sure they qualify for that program let's see let's take a commercial break real quick and give the sheriff an opportunity to (laughs) grab a drink of water and rest his voice for a minute okay all right give me a second and we will do that want to know what's going on in Marshall County, just reach for the Pilot News. Local government, people, and places. Since 1851, the Pilot News has been Marshall County's only daily local newspaper. So when you want to know what's happening around town, pick up the Pilot News. Call 936-3101 today and have everything in Marshall County delivered to your doorstep. The Pilot News. The 2022 Blueberry Festival is almost here, and carnival goers will be able to enjoy unlimited rides at the carnival with a Mega Pass. Mega Passes are $70 and only available until Thursday, August the 27th at the Marshall County Blueberry Office until 5:30. Mega Passes will be available from August 29th through 31st for $75. Don't forget to bring a picture for your Mega Pass. If you can't be at the Blueberry Festival, For the entire weekend, a one-day pay-one-price wristband will also be available Monday through Thursday from noon until 5.30, Friday from 9 to 5.30, and Saturdays from 9 to 1 for $25 in advance or $30 at the festival. The Marshall County Blueberry Festival office is located at 233 East Jefferson Street in Plymouth. The Blueberry Festival office will be closed on Friday, September the 2nd. Yeah, yeah. 
Get your cell phone out and dial 574-936-4096 or text 574-307-6647 and be a part of the show. Now let's get back to What's Your Opinion on WTCA in Plymouth, Indiana. And we're back. And we are back. And Did we a are little swaying and got some hydration going on. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. We have Marshall County Sheriff Matt Hatton. Oh, Matt. oh, my goodness. Two Matts in the room with us. Oh, yeah, we have Marshall County Sheriff Matt Hassel with us. We also have Matt Pitney uh, in the studio with the sheriff this morning. Um, and we've been talking about the overcrowding issue that the jail faced uh, a couple of years ago and uh, the different things that actually happened that the county worked on. Uh, we ended up having several ACLU complaints uh, against the jail, um, lawsuits, and like all of them were dismissed eventually. It took some Correct. time, um, you know, just like the guy who said he had to sit on the toilet to eat. Well, you didn't yeah. really have to sit on the toilet to eat. I mean, you could have sat on your bunk. You could have sat on the floor. Uh, you know, <clears throat> you could have waited until somebody else got up from the table because there are tables and chairs there, too, to sit on. So, um, But there were a number of things that the county worked on. Uh, to try and, and correct the overcrowding issue, and that they have all come to be. Uh, we talked about r- trial room number 26, which the state was seeing. This overcrowding issue was not just here in Marshall County. Correct. It was the, the entire state of Indiana. And so they <clears throat> implemented this trial rule 26 to be able to, um, somebody other than the sheriff um, or the head jailer actually comes in and kind of looks at who's been arrested overnight um looks at who they are what their history is do they have um a background uh what their charges were were they battery to somebody or or were they driving without a license or right. or something um and then there's that possibility in a it, it really hasn't been super beneficial to the county we haven't released a ton of people but if somebody could get out but they don't have the bond money then there's the possibility they can get out without paying a bond yes but they still go through the judicial system afterwards but they don't have to sit in the jail because they can't pay their you know five hundred dollars or fifteen hundred dollar bond correct uh they're they're allowed out so that's one of those things i also you talked about the bond schedule Mm -hmm. um i i want people to understand that you know the deputy who arrests you doesn't decide what your bond is. No, that is decided by the judges. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they, they look at what the charge is, and that's where it's determined. And they do that. Uh, they, they build that schedule previously. So depending on what the charge is, the judges have already have a set bond for that. And what they did is they looked at that schedule and – started where they could for the more minor offenses they started reducing that bond which i think that's why we didn't use trial rule 26 very much because most of the people who would have qualified for that had the money to pay the bond yeah and Uh, and if somebody bonds out before whoever the person that comes in the next morning to see who's been booked in they're already out it's like well we don't have to worry about them because they've been able to bond out so Um, it hasn't been really big um and then there there were meetings and discussions um and there were public meetings then about adding on to the jail correct and um 
at, at one point we weren't sure and obviously there comes a point where a judge and not one of our local judges more but a, a federal judge would demand that we build onto the jail he doesn't care how we're going to fund it but right. you're going to have to add on because this overcrowding is just you know can't be controlled right uh, here in marshall county we've been able to control it so um and and did not have to go through the building process but I guess I want to ask, at that point, were you supportive of, of building on to the jail? Uh, <clears throat> well, we, we started the process. The commissioners were in support of it, and, and I was in support of it because now we're faced with 27 lawsuits, and then there's another group under the ACLU lawsuit, and um, it's like my fear is uh, you get a federal judge involved and just exactly what you said, that federal judge is going to tell you how to build it, what you're going to build, and they're not going to care where you get the money. You'll and and that's money. happened here in the state. I mean, mm -hmm. we've had yes. counties that that's happened to. So, yes. And yeah. they basically tell you what you're going to build. Yes. How many, I mean, you don't get, you know, say, well, we're only going to add on, mm -hmm. you know, 25 pa or cells. No, you're going to add on this. They, right. they control mm -hmm. it. So. Yep. Another good thing, though, uh, we also came out of the overcrowding was the uh, pursuit of the, of the jail, uh, the jail chemical addiction program, and <clears throat> I really took interest in that because it said right in uh, Boone County uh, was one of the first counties to do it, and there was a study done that uh, cognitive behavioral therapy would reduce in 12 months recidivism by 25 percent, and. You know that's a big problem for county jails we seem to they keep coming they get out they come back they get out they come back it's you treat them too nice obviously yeah, Rusty, obviously it must be a fun place to be in the jail because they come back um <laughs> i have a feeling there's a little bit more to that dynamic than than just that you I know mean, when you're the traveling fun is one thing but you know when you're traveling I, you're you're looking for oh that's a comfort suite i stay there or oh that's <laughs> Holiday Inn, I like to stay there. And it's like, oh, no, it's a Marshall County Jail. I'll stay there. <laughs> yeah. No, okay. we do have a recidivism. You know, that does happen a lot. Well, there you go. You yeah. can pay for a new wing in the in the jail by having one of them be an Airbnb. You there can just you have go. people, you know, have well, pay to we be there stay instead at the of Marshall County for. Jail. Let's go, honey. Bring the kids. Hey, now there's some way to make some money, Matt. <laughs> night I'm, yes. Spend the night in Marshall County Jail. Yeah. <laughs> That's a freebie. You can have that one. I'm, I'm you know, I'm an idea guy. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. No, I like that one, Rusty. Well, I'm very pleased. Uh, you know, even though it was not a popular decision uh, to look at expanding the jail, but all the things that we did do—that's what—that's what got us out of the lawsuits without uh, losing and uh, settling for anything. Um, was the fact that you know, and basically, uh, I could leave you a copy if you want, but I had to submit to those federal judges a affidavit that four pages long, five pages long, that explains all the things we, not just me, but the prosecutor, the judges, the, the probation, the community corrections, all the things we were doing to try to address that. And that's what uh, got it dismissed. And, 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 and they would, that, that's one of the things. I mean, that is another option was to build onto the jail. So you had to look at <laughs> all of the opportunities. I know... Um, I, I want to say, Matt, that we probably spend a hundred thousand dollars 
Um, um, at that time? It was closer to a million, probably oh. 850. Okay. They had almost the, all the art. <clears throat> the original contract for the architectural design was 1.2 million. And we had already paid for, you know, they you pay for segments of work that gets done. Mm-hmm. And we'd already paid for about 850,000, I believe. Now, it's still there. The money, yeah. So, yes. The pos- I mean, it's like now it's like, okay, we set it on the shelf and we can go back to that if we would start Correct. to see this increase again. And yes. I don't know that we can come up with a whole lot more changes to, um, you know, that we could pull it off the shelf and that money wasn't wasted. It maybe have spent early. But it's it's not wasted. It's something that at some point we can pull off the shelf and and finish off and and do an addition. Yeah, what's done is ours to keep, and uh, we'd probably have to pay a little bit more because of the time frame has gone. The oh, yeah. price is going to be a little more expensive, but we don't have to pay to finish it off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So overcrowding is a headache mm-hmm. uh, for the sheriff. What other headaches do you have, Matt? Let's talk about <laughs> Central Dispatch, can we? Sure. <laughs> Um, when I became sheriff, uh, previous sheriffs had started taking over uh, dispatch services for a lot of fire. Uh, Did that EMS. start with Tom? <clears throat> uh, some of it happens with Tom, but it, it goes way back. I, I'll okay. be honest with you. When I uh, was a turnkey dispatcher here, we dispatched uh, nights and weekends for Culver, Argus, oh. and, and Bourbon. Okay. So <clears throat> during that, the day they had somebody on, yeah, on Monday through duty. Friday they had somebody on and then at nights and on weekends we took care of, and and they did at that time paid the county it wasn't much but they paid the county for that service. So, okay. Um we uh um so when I got there I realized that we weren't adding staff and equipment to deal with the increase to deal with the increase of uh, the services that we were providing. And so we did have a, a joint meeting. We invited the township, all the township trustees, all the town councils, the uh, city of Plymouth. We invited them all into a meeting uh, and we brought the uh, uh, director of the uh, Bartholomew County 911 Center. And what they did is between uh, Bartholomew County and Columbus, Indiana, they combined their funds, kind of like what St. Joe County just did a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they combined their funds, created a separate nine one one central dispatch center. You know, new building mm-hmm. and all the equipment, and then it's ran by a board uh, that selects who the director's going to be, and the and then they you know the two. It's a standalone. It, it's yeah. it and has its own enti- budget and right. The two entities push the money in Mm -hmm. to pay for that budget and it was quite interesting listening to them but uh, they said that the only way they were able to pull that off is because they uh, created a a public safety tax and well I think we heard that just last month maybe yes (laughs) Uh, there was some discussion about the possibility Mm, yeah well um, that was discussed back then and uh, yes council did not want to have anything to do with that so were you on the council at that point? no i was i I did this as the sheriff and so and i'm not saying i support that tax i'm not saying i'm against that tax but depending on what issue you're facing and normally issues cost money you may need to look for other resources to fix your your problems it just you it's 
life. And so um, we, <clears throat> I decided then why don't we organize a, a, a central dispatch advisory board. <clears throat> and one of the things that board's going to do is it's going to determine what each department needs to pay for me <clears throat> to uh, create the staff and the equipment to be able to handle all these uh, uh, all these uh, different uh, fire, police, EM, EMS departments. Um, and, and so we did it. And I also said that the advisory board is going to be the board that if somebody doesn't like, they, they think something needs to be changed in dispatch, they think a procedure or policy needs to be changed with how dispatchers handle something, then they bring it to that board and we, we all work together to work it out. So, um, and, and seriously, they, 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 the different entities have pitched in, they, they pay, everybody pays every year. Uh, they do, we do small uh, increases every year. And what we were able to do is add three dispatchers under that money. And we are able to add a fourth uh, a full radio council. So, and then that brought us up to where uh, we are able to handle um, those uh, th those demands on our center. We, we have a uh, caller. Uh, hang on here. That. Uh, caller, you're on the uh, you're on the air. Do you want to give him the lowdown? Oh yeah, um, <laughs> you can ask a question. It's fine, but you will not be able to hear their answer to your question unless you hang up and listen on the radio. Does that make sense? Okay, thank you. Uh, all right, very good. Yes. Go ahead with your Go question right ahead. or comment. My question is, um, I'm sure that the sheriff's department, as well as um, you know, other businesses that are located in and around the county, are probably having some staffing issues. And I realize the current jail was built to have additional pods expanded. How how were the staffing issues involved with more pods? If we can't staff the current pod, how are we going to staff additional pods? All right. Thank you for that question. The additional staffing was uh, a factor that factored in to the expansion of the jail. Yes, we were going to have to have additional staff. And I would say, I mean... You guys, like every other business right now, mm. whether it's uh, McDonald's or the hospital or the school or whatever, you guys are having trouble with staffing issues. Um, but we didn't have we didn't have staffing issues prior to COVID, really. Right. Um, so I don't know what has changed since COVID. Um, and back then, when we were looking at the possibility of adding on to the jail you knew you were going to have to have more staff because Correct. I can remember you coming and actually talking about how many more staff members it was going to take. And, and that takes money. Mm -hmm. And, you know, fortunately uh, the jail has been paid for with a special lit mm -hmm. uh, tax. There's a special tax that is collected. And um, because of the income that people are making, you have been able to get, more income off of that special tax than what was required to pay on the bond for the jail. So those funds have acquired and actually we've started using those for day-to-day -day operations. So uh, you knew that 
putting on another pod was going to was going to require a lot more employees. Yeah, and it's fresh in our mind because we just built this jail in 2008. <clears throat> when we moved out to that jail, we had to have increased staffing. And so you got to look at that as part of the cost to add on to your jail is you're going to need staffing then to handle that. Yeah, staffing staffing is an issue. And I I'm with you. I don't understand it either. We didn't have any problems before COVID. And now it's like, and it's not just us. She's right. All the businesses throughout Marshall County are struggling. We actually, you actually, at one point, were working with, I, I can't remember if it's Elkhart County or another county, about, um, you know, taking inmates there. And they couldn't take inmates because they didn't have enough staff members to do it. Correct. That was St. Joe County. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it, it it's everywhere. Okay. So, back to Central Dispatch then. So we we created this board to, uh, and it's interesting to know that the board is, uh, uh, we have a, a, a member from a town council. We have a member from one of the townships, a township trustee, uh, the, the mayor of Plymouth. A, we have the council president, the commissioner president, and we have... <coughs> A police chief, a fire chief, and somebody from EMS are all people that sit on that advisory board. And we're scheduled to meet uh, quarterly, uh, so that'd be four times a year. And <clears throat> just to uh, bring you up to speed, who all's on there is, of course, Mandy Campbell for the council, uh, Tim Harmon for the council, Mark Center, George Knoll for the, uh, a, a town council member. Wayne Bean as a town uh, chief, a Culver. Uh, myself, the sheriff's on there too. Uh, Kevin Overmeyer, uh, president of the commission. Marlene Mayer, uh, uh, township trustee. Township trustee. Uh, Brad Chapman from uh, Bourbon Fire. And John Lampkins from uh, Union North uh, EMS. So <clears throat> we have quite a good, good group of people there. And we really haven't had some issues but um uh there so our meetings for the last two years we really hadn't had any complaints until the april 13th meeting but the that april 13th meeting uh, uh john Grolick came in representing the uh, county fire county firemen and just brought the the brought to the uh, the information up that uh of some of the comments that were made by the uh, firemen at this meeting and some of those um, comments were uh, lack of accuracy is what he uh, brought out um, you know <clears throat> want updates I didn't understand what they meant by that lack of training um, <clears throat> so I went through all these and I start looking at them and I, I you know I have to have detailed uh, when it happened, uh, the time, and what day it happened, uh, everything's recorded in that office. From the phone call, from the uh, anytime you talk on the radio, it's all recorded. It, it, that <clears throat> means even if when I call in Correct. and ask a question, my call is recorded. Correct. Uh, Joe Blow calls in, that mm -hmm. phone call is recorded. Everything is recorded. And so, you know, I look at this lack of accuracy. Well, my dispatchers only know what the person calling in tells them. And they're, they're trained to ask questions, but they, 
that, you know, is that the issue? Is that what the problem is with the accuracy? You don't know. Um, another one of those was uh, dispatchers are slow to answer calls. Well, is that telephone calls? Is that radio calls? I don't know. What do you mean? And just like, you know, a good example is uh, the unfortunately terrible accident that we had on 31 and 18th Road on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, our dispatch center, uh, 911 center, received seven calls in 60 seconds. So in a one minute, we had seven callers. We only have four answering places. So, <laughs> and um, if they're all working, if they're all full, <laughs> right? And uh, 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 now we're not like some other dispatch centers where you roll over to voicemail. We have a system hooked up, and I'll have uh, Matt Pitney say tell a little bit about how that works. Okay, Matt. Yeah. So if it is not answered in a certain amount of time, and it's a fairly short amount of time, it's like a minute. Uh, it will roll over, ours roll over to Kosciuszko County. Okay. Um, and so they've got their dispatchers there that are trained and go through all that process, same as we do. And uh, they will then usually get on the radio and uh, we have what's called point to point, which for dispatchers to talk back and forth. And they'll let us know, hey, did you already receive a call on this? Most of the time we have. It does happen sometimes. You'll have the, uh, you know, in the middle of that accident, you may have somebody calling in with a heart attack. True. (laughs) And so sometimes we go, no, give us the details, and then we dispatch it out. And uh, that's set up. And then if Kosciuszko County is overwhelmed, which if you remember about four or five years ago, we had a Dare Echo come through uh, with bad wind problems. And, you know, we, we, we are the rollover point for Stark County and Fulton County and at least we were at the time and we started getting their calls because it hit them first uh so we're busy getting their calls then we started getting our calls which rolled rolled to (laughs) kosciuszko county and we actually it actually some of our calls actually rolled as far as whitley county wow but the the thing is is it's always getting answered i think that i would be much better off i think if i called in instead Leave a message. <laughs> we'll get back to you type situation. No, I need a person, it. you know. Uh, so even though you would roll over to another county, um, they have the ability then to basically take that information, get off that call, and radio back to our county, not through a cell phone or a, a landline, but actually through the radio to say, do you have this information? And last month, we handled 1,600 911 calls. Uh, just in uh, July, uh, and it was 1,300, I believe, in June, and we answered 99% of those in under 10 seconds. Uh, so, uh, and, you know, like I said, so we've got them ringing constantly, you know, with like seven of those calls coming in. Um, you know, some of them may ring a little bit longer. Uh, in that time period, we had one that took 40 seconds. And okay. it was it's a situation where We've got three people answering phones. We've got four, five, six, seven phone calls coming in. Sometimes they got they ring a little longer, um, and, and so, you know, I'm really proud of what they do. Uh, you know, be able to answer ninety over ninety nine percent of the calls in under ten seconds is is phenomenal. The the national standard is eighty five percent in under fifteen. Okay, and do we we have three councils in there that can answer calls? We have four, and uh, but we staff three. That's our minimum staffing. Now, sometimes we do have a fourth because, uh, especially during, you know, like we know there's an OPO going on. We'll put a fourth dispatcher in there to help out. Uh, you know there's a what going on? Operation Pullover. Okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, 
yeah, you have might have Operation Pullover or something we know that's going to be going on that may cause us to be busier. Blueberry Festival or something like that? Well, what? not so much Blueberry because at Blueberry Festival, we set up our own dispatch center over in Clyde's office, over in the EMA office, to handle that traffic. Okay. Now, we still do get busier, but uh, we, we end up sometimes staffing two dispatchers over there. Okay. Um, and, and that's paid for by the Blueberry Festival. Uh, but it certainly helps out that we're able to do that because otherwise all those calls would be coming into us and it gets really busy <laughs> and uh, also uh, when it gets busy the <clears throat> for the most part the person working main control can just spin their chair around and help out and take those calls so literally we got a fourth backup right there in the room with them uh, it's just uh, helps out a lot and I'm very proud of our dispatch even though you know our problem right now is that the, we just you, you can't teach or train experience and we're, we're lacking that experience right now because they're newer uh, dispatchers but uh, I'll be giving my third life-saving award here in the next couple weeks uh, I've had three dispatchers and that's what they were doing they were dispatching are credited for saving people's lives this year wow. and I, I think that's amazing that's amazing for, from them one of the things we did was uh, the, just this past year, we had a, one of our inmate workers or inmates who was in uh, one of Josh's Pitts programs that was a really good painter. And right outside the dispatch center, he painted a big tree, and we call it the Tree of Life. And so when somebody oh. does something like that, they get their name and the date put on one of the leaves. And so hopefully we'll see a full tree you know but we'd like to acknowledge that when they you know they do something wow. amazing like that and it, it's like i said they the stuff that they've gone through especially these past two years with covid and you know there we had things changing daily and for them to stick with that and stick it out and uh, i mean in in dispatching right now the national standard is that 30 percent of our dispatchers deal with some form of uh, diagnosed post-traumatic stress and that is that's higher than even the the fire and the EMS side um, that's just the diagnosed and you know to do this job and then on top of that go through this pandemic and stick with it and not give up I just and you work 24 7 365 that means you got to go to work on Christmas Eve or you know you're working on your child's birthday or and that's the um, number one when I talk to the, the, the people that are leaving me for other jobs. That's, they don't talk about the money. They, they say, number one, I, Monday through Friday, 8 to 4, works better for me and my family. And how can you argue with that? You can't. No, you, you really can't. Um, Matt, we have 10 minutes left oh. so where where would you like to go i mean i'm still kind of interested in your headaches um <laughs> you know uh, I, I mean you're gonna have to come back because we haven't talked you know we haven't talked about there are uh, funding money is, is a, a a big one the cost of, of operating a jail and uh, you got a headache i mean getting patrol cars right now yes is another i ordered them in december i've only two out of the four have come in it's like what are we going to do we're going back to horse horses <laughs> i don't know you know i'm going i'm going on vacation later this week and i couldn't sleep sunday night i was 
three o'clock in the morning, I'm still laying there watching TV, thinking about, I should have just got up out of the bed and went and got some things and put it in the suitcase. I think maybe then I would have went to sleep. But how do you sleep at night with all of these? I mean, there's just so many things going on. Yeah, it's, um, I'll be honest with you, I, I put good people in good places and they know to call instantly if if they need help, but a lot of them, they know what to do in the situation. And I'm very proud of them. I'd also make a shout out, you know, we have this advisory board for the dispatch. If there, somebody is having problems, call me, uh, call uh, Matt direct. I mean, uh, I have talked, I've talked to one fire chief this whole year, this whole year, and that's Matt Nair uh, at Bremen. And and of course, we don't dispatch for them. We do the nine one one service, but we don't dispatch for them. But that was, hey, you want stag tickets? You want, you know, kind of conversation, <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, we uh, to address the issue of lack of experience. That's one of the reasons we're bringing Barry Ritter in. And like I said, I've known Barry for twenty five years. He he was also a dare officer for Richmond Police Department, and he was very active in the Indiana Dare Officers Association. Uh, in fact, I think he served a term uh, as president's also, president also. So, um, uh, You actually, because there was a complaint that came in from Culver um, at the commissioner's meeting mm-hmm. and from Bourbon um, during a public meeting mm-hmm. um, because of side trunking, which can you explain, Matt, a little bit about what side trunking is? or, or So... With the uh, state in, uh, 800 megahertz system, which is what we primarily use for our communications, uh, they have towers throughout the state. And it's a great system because those towers are all connected to each other. And we can go clear down to the southern tip of Indiana. And by those being connected, we can talk from an officer from Clark County can talk back to Marshall County. So, I mean, there we there's a women's prison down on the Ohio yes. River down there. Yep. And if you have a a, a somebody a, a reserve officer taking somebody down there, they actually can get a hold of you through the radio. Yes. Because yes. you got to think, you know, it wasn't that long ago we didn't have cell phones, so everybody didn't have a cell phone. You can make a call that way. Correct. But radios are, I didn't realize that you could radio from one end of the state to the other. When I first started, they would tell us we're out of the county, and we wouldn't hear again until they were saying, I'm back in the county. Mm -hmm. We had no idea. Sometimes they could call us from the prison. (laughs) This whole system is just like a cell phone. Mm -hmm. They put, you know, but your radio has to be able to hit that tower. Then then you're good. And we know, because they just did a study uh, last year. When did you and John do that study? It was, uh, I believe, last, just the beginning of this year, the end of last the year. The problem is, is we have spots in this county, at like, and most counties have the same problem. We have spots where the radio can't reach the tower. So <clears throat> then you're out of business, you know, you're out of business. And mm-hmm. they did do a quote uh, or estimate of what it would cost to bring us as close to 100% as possible. They gave actually gave three quotes. One was first one was to put two towers up, which was two million. Uh, one was to add microwave, uh, something to yeah, that. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Uh, it was microwave, and uh, I think it was maybe possibly a third tower. And but the the one that they said would possibly 
get you the closest to 100% coverage is 5.5 million. <laughs> there's, there's that money headache again. <laughs> we have a uh, we have a caller. Same routine here. You can ask the question, but the only way you'll be able to hear the answer is to hang up and listen on your radio. So, uh, caller, you're on the air. Thank you. My question is from Mr. Pitney. I'd like to hear more about the duration that it takes time-wise to properly train a new employee as a 911 dispatcher. The second part of that question would be what kind of remedial training or continuing education is offered to those 911 dispatchers? Thank you for the call. Okay, so... Honestly, it takes about six months to get somebody up to speed and trained. Um, now, is there, I mean, do you, do you send them somewhere to get training or it, does a company come in and do training? How's that handled? So when I first took over, there it was all on the job using somebody to, basically you sat with another dispatcher and they trained you. Mm-hmm. Um, we send them. We started sending them to what uh, it's called a PST one class. It's basic telecommunicators course, and then a few years ago, back when Tom was sheriff, I went through and became an instructor for that, and also what's called uh, EMD emergency medical dispatching, and we started training in house. Um, I would I'd get two or three dispatchers at a time, and that just became a real. I had to take, take two weeks out of my schedule. Two, we had to take them out of the dispatch center for two weeks. Um, and then all the resources that we would use to bring you, because we would bring in a helicopter so they could learn about the helicopters. We Gathering all that was just a, an incredible feat. So we uh, started going with uh, an instructor-led online class. Okay. It's the same class, uh, but somebody else teaches it, and it's kind of more of a study at your own pace. The instructor checks in with them, you know, on a weekly basis because they have homework to do. Um, and they go through that. They go through the uh, the basic telecommunicators course. They go through the EMD course. Uh, they have to do an IDAX course, which is the NCIC where they check warrants, run driver's license, that kind of things. They have to go through that class. We require ICS 100, 200, 700, and 800, which can be done online. <laughs> <laughs> Holy um, moly! And those are those are now the state just passed went yeah. into effect this <laughs> this year. Well, it didn't go into effect. It goes into effect by the end of 2023. Uh, minimum training standards. We were already exceeding that. And I was a big proponent of that. I did a little bit of uh, working with the talking to uh, legislators to get that passed because I am a huge proponent of training. Uh, we also go above and beyond that. We also require uh, them to go through and take the National Center for Missing and Endangered Children class. Um, missing children, that is, you can't mess that up. That is, that that is near and dear to my heart. You know, I couldn't imagine if it was one of my kids and something bad happened mm-hmm. like that. Um, you will get that right. Uh, the another one we do is through the Denise Amber Lee Foundation. Um, Denise Amber Lee was a uh, a gal down in Florida that was kidnapped, uh, brutally raped and murdered. Um, and the class is taught by her husband. And oh, there wow. was some major issues that happened with the, the the dispatching there and the sheriff's department and some city police that some things just were missed. And he teaches that. And if you can go through that class and not need a box of Kleenex and not change something about the way you do your job, you are either extremely cold-hearted and you don't need to be in this job. Wow. 
Um, another one that I try to get all my guys whenever it's offered is, is the caller the killer. And this is, it's just a great investigative class. Um, and then we've sent them to several conferences. Uh, one of the things that uh, is required is uh, 24 hours of continuing education that's required with the new law. So we are, um, we will be going to that, but they already have to have continuing ed to renew their certifications. So when you get certified, each one has to be different. One year, two years, three years, and then you have to refresh. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you got to get those the, the the those ones that I required that, are, that I mentioned that are required. Those are uh, those have to be done within their first year. Now we try to get those done within their first six months. Uh, and, and it and they're it doing actually, it like on the job. Yes. So uh, in their eight-hour shift, we'll say, you know, okay, things are. Things are calm in here right now, so I'm I'm the third wheel. I'm going to go over here and work on my stuff, and you other two answer the radio if a call comes in. But they're there we in case say, you get busy. We don't busy. say calm or quiet. <laughs> <laughs> but if if the radio starts to go crazy, then they're there to stop this and jump back in. Uh, yeah. Another one they're all required to go through for us is the pipeline training that's offered every year. Usually it's been out at Swan Lake that uh, – so dealing with those pipeline emergencies. Um, we've also had them go through uh, pursuit training down at ILEA. That's offered every time there's an academy course and the, all the new recruits are doing their pursuit training. They bring dispatchers down. Uh, we've had several that have gone through that. Uh, and we do have uh, four that are going to be going in uh, November to South Bend for enhanced caller management. So I'm really excited to see what comes out of that? Uh, it's a new class. It's not something that's ever been offered before. Uh, certainly never been offered up in this area. So we're looking forward to that. Are, are most of these uh, uh, fee-based? Um, so the state uh, 911 board will pay for the, the basic telecommunicator, the emergency medical dispatch. Um, IDAX is, is free. Uh, the ICS courses are all free through okay. uh, Homeland Security. Um, some of the others are fee-based. Um, uh, we do also send some of our, our, we always try to send our trainers to what's called certified uh, training officer. And uh, that is, will also be paid by the state 911 board. And, and I know uh, at the commissioner's meeting, um, it was mentioned that you'd had four trainers under you and that two of them are now gone. So now you're down to two trainers. It, it, is, it seems like every time you get somebody certified as a CTO, they, they, they want to go on to something bigger and better. Um, I had, uh, so I had two that were certified. Um, I had two that were starting. And then uh, one of them that, that hadn't uh, started the class yet decided he wanted to go uh, and went to work, I believe, at Southwire. And then uh, one uh, went over to take a job over, I believe, the auditor's office or assessor's office. Assessor. <laughs> the, assessor's those office. Monday through Friday, 8 to yes. 5 type jobs. <laughs> so I've still got two that are certified, and uh, I'm probably going to add a third as soon as I get somebody that I feel is uh, ready to take up that step. Yeah, because we use the more senior dispatchers that have a little bit more experience to go through that training because – you don't want to send a, a young, they may be good, but they don't have the experience that an older dispatcher would have. How many dispatchers do we have? So I think we've got about 15, 16 that are trained right now currently. We, um, 
our, we try to get everybody as we can cross-trained. Um, right now we, like I said, probably got about somewhere between 15 and at least between 15 and 20 of them that are trained. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we need 14 to cover the schedule. That doesn't give you a whole lot of extra. Now, do you have some part-timers that you rely on, too? We do. We do. Um, and uh, that's uh, that's how we live and die. <laughs> because your part-timers, once they're trained, they end up getting hired on. Yeah. Right. To- well, and, and we are unique because we do cross-train. And that was one of the reasons that, uh, at the time, the commissioners looked at when we were looking at uh, whether we needed a standalone center or not was, if we become a standalone center, we have to increase staff because right now, like Sheriff mentioned, we can have main control turn around and help us out. We can have a jailer come up from the back and help us out. Uh, if we do as a standalone, you have to have enough people there to handle all the possibilities. Plus, you have to have your own separate set of part-timers and all the, you know, all this stuff that right now we're able to duplicate and, and help each other out. And the cross-training is that somebody who is in dispatch can also... Uh, so, I don't know if it happens, but maybe, you know, some night, all we have is men back there in, in the jail situation, and we got a female that comes in for arrest. I need somebody to search her, and you don't have a male search a female, so you grab somebody from dispatch. up in dispatch yeah. and say, hey, can you come back and search her? Yeah. So, the cross-training helps both ways in the jail and yeah. in the dispatch There's times center. dispatch, or excuse me, uh, the jail get busy. And I'll go out and I'll sit on a terminal and send one of the dispatchers back to help the jail because, you know, they've just got five guys, six guys in from court. Yeah. Yeah. We are out of time, guys. Believe it or not, it's after 11 o'clock. So I would invite you back, Matt, so that we can – because I really want to learn more about your headaches. Uh, (laughs) I know. I mean, I've I've covered commissioner's meetings for a lot of years and council meetings for a lot of years, and I know uh, that, you know, there's – there's a lot that the sheriff has to deal with, um, and we've 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 delved into it really well. Right. Um, but there's a lot more. Yeah, we didn't talk about merit at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think there's a lot more, and I and I want to because I really want to, and I don't know if we'll get to it before we get to the budget part of things. But um, I know you are you're asking for a, a larger increase for your merit officers Correct. in next year's budget because you are one of the lowest paid departments in the county. Correct. And you know, believe it or not, I mean, pay does have an impact on people's lives, and to you're just trying to bring them up to Plymouth and Bremen's level of pay, correct? Um, which we have people leaving Plymouth to go to South Bend. Just heard about because, that because mm. yeah, we, we the the police chief just announced last night two more who are leaving, and we already had Officer Finn left and went to South Bend, so now we've had three go to South Bend, so. But my thought was, and I'm going to be honest, I said to somebody, so maybe we'll get some county guys that will move out, out of the county and come to the police, the city police department instead I know because of one pay that, is better. I, I know of one that said that he applied. Yeah, see, that's, which doesn't help you one bit either. But um, And it was because that what was told to me from his supervisor, it's for pay, and that he has to have the family insurance plan, and that Plymouth plan is cheaper than the county's plan. They actually, um, I was at the meeting last night, um, they actually talked about the lateral transfers, that yes, they want to look too. at that, mm-hmm. uh, which means that if I've been working for, you know, this poli- the police department A, 
uh, for five years or 10 years and I want to switch to the Plymouth Police Department that my, uh, you know, a lot of my benefits would come with me. Your vacation days and your sick days. Yes. Exactly. So that's the city is now looking at ways to incentivize to keep employees or have new employees come to us with these lateral transfers. So that's good. There's tons of headaches out there. Yes. <laughs> um, anything before we, uh, you know, maybe a last statement from you and then we'll have you back. Uh, basically, thank you for having me and, and, and Matt. And uh, uh, I really love what I do and I would sure love to have everybody support in November. Very good. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right. We ready to go? Yes, sir. All right. Um, save this for tomorrow? Sure. Okay. we got a prize for tomorrow, so okay. hang on. Um, let's do birthdays. Don't have any of those. So if you have a birthday, get them in here, and we will uh, wish you a happy birthday. You'll be eligible for our prizes for cupcakes from the Dessert Cafe. Also, free small drink from the Coffee Lodge and the Bouquet of Flowers from Cash and Creek. We have no anniversaries today either. So get those in here. In a couple of days, we will be having a drawing for 50 bucks from Deaton Clements Mangular Funeral Home. So uh, good luck to you on that. Make sure you get your anniversary in here. You can't win if you don't play. Now it's time for the uh, trading post. We can buy, sell, trade, giveaway. Four items, four days, four free stars. Uh, we have two skylights for sale. A 22-inch by 46-inch and a 28-inch by 46-inch. $35 each. Uh, you're looking for a skylight. is 574-936-2329. And that is the trading post for today. That is our show for today. So uh, make sure that you come back tomorrow. And let me take a quick look. Going to have uh, Greg Hildebrand with us tomorrow. So make sure you're here. You're listening to FM 106.1 and AM 1050. WTCA Plymouth. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com.